I won't deny it, I'm a South Sider, you don't wanna fuck with me. Got the police rushing at me, but they can't do nothing to an attorney. I won't deny it, I'm a South Sider, you don't wanna fuck with me. Got the police rushing at me, but they can't do nothing to an attorney. Fuck is up, everybody. Uh, it's Brian Tierney. This is the Blessed Life University podcast, The Blue Podcast for short. With me today is my good friend. State your name for the record. My full name is Luis Antonio Tayawa. Everybody knows me as Owl. Owl. Owl in the motherfucking house. Owl, if you don't know him, uh, is the owner of Golden Owl Insurance, hence the nickname Owl, and the owner of Studio 63 Nightclub in Summit, Illinois. Let's talk about what's blessed, man. What's going on in your life? How are you feeling? Bro, blessed. That's a deep word. Um, just being healthy right now, man. I feel like with everything going on, I mean, I think I'm blessed that I'm healthy. I'm blessed that, you know, I'm not sick. Um, I wake up every morning, you know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm able to do what I, what I need to do because of that, just... So for me, I think right now my biggest blessing is being healthy. Like I see a lot of people getting sick, a lot of people, you know, you know, just having issues. You know what I mean? And that health, health, I think is if you have that, you're pretty blessed. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have that, you can't do anything else. That's true, man. Uh, the old saying is that the uh, healthy person wants a million things, and the unhealthy person only wants one. And it is true. Everything is relevant. It's all, uh, you know. It's all hand in hand. It's all relative. So, um, I agree with what you're saying, and I'm blessed too, man. I, you know, I've had, I have some minor things go on, but nothing that I can't overcome. Uh, luckily, nothing's too serious, right? Or at least stuff that lingering issues that have not progressed worse. Um, so yeah, I'm blessed. I'm blessed for that too, man. I mean, if you don't have your health, you can't take care of yourself. You can't take care of anybody else. And you know, we all need to be strong during these times to help people out, man, to handle our business and to take care of uh, our family and our friends and all that. So, bless that shit, man. Cheers, brother. Happy New Year's, man. Cheers, bro. Salud. So, so uh, for all the listeners out there, we're in Chicago, Illinois, and God damn, there's been more ice and it's been worse than I've ever seen. I fell yesterday. I was leaving my mom's house. I freaking closing the door and I'm fucking putting my foot down the foot fucking goes out and I was scared as shit man I had my knee surgically repaired and my ACL done in 2018 and I could feel this like shock like this little shoot of pain I'm like oh my god oh, it shit. almost happened again like it was like that weird tweaking feeling yeah. and I'm like thank you god for all the good surgeons at Rush fucking hospital yeah. Rush Orthopedics they take care of the Chicago Bulls the White Sox the friggin um, Blackhawks the Cubs all that shit and um, so luckily that surgery was good because otherwise it might have been bad news for your boy, bro. And I am never trying to go through that shit again in my life. Bro, that's one of the, like, I've, I've had a, I, I know, like, a handful of people with the ACL. Yeah. All of them, when they get it, I'm like, man, like, like that's one thing I really don't want to fucking go through because I see you're out for what? Like a good six months or more? Yeah, you're, the, the, the crazy part is you get the surgery done and you're like, oh, you know, this is not too bad. You know, like, I left the hospital they brought me out on a wheelchair. I'm like, man, I'm a fucking G, dog. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I, first day I get up, I got myself, sat myself down in the car. My wife drives me home. Friggin' stop at Walgreens to pick up some scripts that they, you know, prescribe. And I live on the second floor. So by the time I get to the, to the top of the stairs, I start sweating. 
Yeah. And it was hard to get to the top of the stairs. I had my leg in a steel brace. Yeah, yeah. And so I get to the top of the stairs, and I start sweating. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, whatever it was they gave me is starting to wear off. Yeah. And that's when the fucking pain began. And I'm a savage, so I had surgery on a Friday, and I was doing closings by Monday, but it was not easy. So I was like, couldn't really sleep as well during the fucking weekend because um, you try to roll over, and it just hurts just to twist your leg or, like, if you put any weight on it, you're like, oh, my God, it's like... Yeah, it's, it's, it's I never thought it was gonna be that bad. Yeah, I uh, I had a I had a cousin that got it done, and so every year we used to. My, one of my cousins, he lives in Mexico now. He used to live in Plano, Illinois. Yeah, Plano. I've been there. We used to ride our bikes from here. So my other one, my other cousin, he lives on Moody, right here. Yeah, by right there. over here in the neighborhood. Yeah, we used to we rode our bike one year from from Moody from his house all the way to Plano. And what it is is there's a bike trail that. It hooks up like all these bike trails like hook up to each other, so bro, we're riding our bikes, riding our bikes. He had he had had a, his ACL surgery, I think, like the year prior, so he or he was barely getting back, you know, to on shape, bro. We were probably like forty miles out, and he would just like collapse, like on the side of the from road. the ACL shit. Yeah, his knees were just ki- his knee was just killing him, and because um, they were injured at the time or already repaired by it surgery? was already repaired. I guess what it is is one leg stronger than the other. Yeah. So what happens is when you, when you're riding a bike. You know, one of your legs is just trying to keep up with the other one. He he would get tired. And it was fu- it was it was it was funny at, at the time. It wasn't funny, but you look back at it, it was kind of funny. He would be on the side of the road, and we'd just be standing there, and ca- cars would stop because there's there's certain parts of that bike path where like you're literally just on a country road, you know. Yeah. And cars would stop. Like, did you get hit, hit by a car? We're like, no. Like he's just rusting. You know, we had to explain everything. Like, and after a while, we're like, you know what, man? Like, let's just call someone give us a ride to the house already like the, he's done bro like he we weren't gonna finish it but i remember like him i had another buddy yeah but everybody with the acl when they had that surgery it's uh it's nothing it's nothing easy yeah you would think it's not as bad they're just replacing a ligament but what i was told i i, I was talking to the doctors and and i talked to another patient and they had his entire knee replaced yeah apparently it's less painful and less of a rehab to get your entire like they put a titanium joint in there with all the shit completely replaced apparently that's less painful than just getting the acl done i'm like how is that possible oh shit i just want that titanium then fuck it i guess i'm like maybe if it happens to me again but it's yeah it's crazy because i think they have to saw in the bone or the fucking screw it in there or something mm. but um in any event the crazy part for me was when i had the surgery my leg went from like strong healthy leg to geriatric senior citizen leg like in the nursing home within fucking days dude one of my guys, he um he was a, he's he was in the hospital like he had an infection he got he had surgery he ended up being in a coma for two for two weeks like an indu- induced coma that's crazy so he could bring you know his his body temperature down and all this other stuff keep his shit his his vitals regulated better yeah and he ends up uh and dude it was just two weeks and he's a big guy he's a big strong guy right now he's a, he's in rehabilitation because he's like bro he's like, my legs were gone. He goes, I thought, you know, I woke up. I was like, oh, I'm just going to get up. He goes, dude, I, I got up out of the bed. He goes, my legs start shaking. He goes, I start, I I, feel, yeah. I almost fell over. He goes. You feel like Bambi legs. Like yeah. you're on the ice fucking yeah, like this. Yeah, your body has to move around. Like it, you know, like even even though we think we don't, you know, use our muscles a lot sometimes, but our body, our, like two days will take you out. Well, yeah. And, you know, I was listening to, um, I was listening to uh, this doctor on a podcast and he was saying, even if you get into, like, elite athletic shape, like you've been working with a personal trainer, you're in the best shape you've been in years or the best shape of your life. Yeah. One injury can 
erase all those gains within a few weeks. Like, so basically saying as you get older, your body doesn't heal as well. So stay exercising and try to avoid injuries like the plague so that you can stay healthy. Because if you get sidelined, you could be screwed, right? Like you could, if you're trying to stay in shape, which is, you know, exercising is one of the few things we can do to keep ourselves younger and healthier. So you have to do it. And I realize that more and more because most of my job involves sitting, right? In the car, in the office, at a real estate closing, you know, where whatever. So I sit a lot. And so I'm trying to stay active without getting injured. That's right. why, like, with the ice and shit around here, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I, don't, I hope I don't get hurt. But if I do, I'm going to follow the advice of some of the athletes out there who say, like, for example, if you have a leg injury, be working your upper body while you're sitting down. If you yeah. have a lower bo- or uh, upper body injury, then, you know, stay in shape with your legs. Don't let your body go completely. Have a good, like, core or foundation, whatever you can work on. You know, unless you get into a bad car accident or something, your whole body's fucked. But, right. you know, hopefully that ain't the case, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, the ice is crazy out there. My dad my dad texts me, like, random stuff once in a while, like, hey, be careful of this or keep it for that. So yesterday he was like... Um, Say, like, hey, be careful! It's really, it's really icy out there. I was like, all right, yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay. I'm like, yeah, bad. I got you, dude. I walk out the door. I almost went, like, sliding through through the down the stairs. I was like, holy shit! That's what like, happened what to me and my fuck? mom's. Yeah. Luckily, it was only like one step because it was coming out of the side door. It was kind of lower. Yeah. But dude, I was scared. La- I almost fell again today. Luckily, I didn't. Last year, I did fall. Last, like, was it last year? I think it was last winter. Last winter, I did fall down a uh, flight of stairs. Uh, it was it was icy. I didn't do it. Just boom, 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 boom. just. Did it hurt? My ass was sore for a little bit. That was about it. But you know what? It was my my like my side my side leg. But I don't know. I guess I guess I I don't. I tell people this and they don't they don't understand. It's, it's, it sounds probably weird, but I know how to fall because I used to take um like self defense classes and like like jujitsu and like all these other things, and um and what they teach you how to fall. Because so you don't when, get injured while you're falling. Yeah. So when you're practicing with people, or when, or when, like when I'm practicing to throw you, you know what I mean, you know how to fall when I throw you, or you know what I mean, so you know how to land. So you, so like the times that I have fallen, like I kind of like it's muscle. Um, what is that muscle? Memory. Muscle memory. Yeah. So like that kicks in, and I and I've been able to uh, I've been able to fall with grace and not not hurt myself. But that, I think that's <laughs> that's helped me out, bro. I remember one time. Um, we were the, it was an R rep. We were in San, yeah. San Diego and we were at a club, and you know people are sp- spilling drinks everywhere. All this stuff, and the floor was super slippery. And uh, and I fell like like we kept on telling the guy like, hey man, like you gotta clean up. You know yeah, someone's yeah, gonna like, fall. Dude, yeah, someone's gonna fall, bro. Bro, I fucking I was dancing and I fucking my feet just went and I fucking boom I hit the a floor. lot of weight come down bro I hit I hit hard and like literally like, the girls dancing with everybody just like stopped and they like they looked at me and I was just like fuck man like I, I like I can't believe I'm the guy that fucking fell at the party so I yeah like, I get myself up they're like are you okay are you okay like you didn't hit your head I'm like no I'm like don't worry about it I'm like I'm good I'm good and they're like no for real you hit you you, you fell hard I'm like no I'm like I'm like, I'm, I'm like fine like my back hurts a little bit I'm like but I'm good like I know how to fall and they all looked at me like I was weird and I was like no like don't worry about it. like I'm good dude it, I guarantee you, if I didn't know how to fall, I would have. I would have probably busted my head right away, like the first thing. You know what I mean? But yeah, like the next day, I woke up a little sore. I, I sat in a hot tub for maybe like twenty minutes, and that was it. We were good again. I went to go party. You got lucky, bro. <laughs> Don't be testing your luck at this age. When I go in the studio, I better see that goddamn floor fucking dry as a yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, it's dry, bro. We got, we got, we got. If you ever go in the studios, you'll notice sometimes, especially when it's packed, we'll have mops. Yeah, it's certain places in the bar, and that's what strategically, it's for. so you can just go grab one when you need it. Yep, 
Dude, yeah. you guys are on top of your shit. I've been in there multiple times now. Yeah. There's a dude back by the DJ booth. He's keeping an eye on some shit. Yeah. You know, and friggin', um, you know, he'll have the mop or it'll be over there where you need it. Um, yeah. Yeah, bro. I, I'm. I like. I like being proactive, and I when I see stuff like when I see stuff that I that needs corrected right away, I'll, I'll do it. And I think like the bar. The, the, in the bar in the bar business you have to be like that you know what I mean like I've learned in a short time you've been good at keeping an eye on things I see you kind of walk the place keep an eye on shit yeah bro and uh, maybe it's all the all the hours of uh, of bar rescue that I've uh, that I've watched but yeah bro like you have to be on it man because all it takes is one minute for something to happen you something to pop off or something someone to get or hurt somebody got so, hurt then they're gonna sue you for premises liability or some shit like oh yeah. you didn't have your floor cleaned up like an IFL and you should have known about it because it was all over And yeah so like little little things little things could become big things so I, I try to keep an eye on it and that's why like I have my I have I have my talks with certain certain staff you know what I mean like hey we gotta keep an eye on this or this is gonna happen or this or that you know what I mean and, and they keep an eye on it and then Basically, I just have to walk around and make sure that they're doing what they're what what they're supposed to be. In. Yeah, you keep an eye on the whole operation. And yeah, make sure everybody's doing what they gotta do. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the yes, funny sir. thing about falling is, man, I haven't had a real, real bad fall in a while. But even when I did, pardon me, I remember the last time I fell was before, like, real bad was before law school. And um, pardon me for a second, <sighs> man, the sinuses during this weather. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, I came out the house and I was walking out the front and he had like a pretty good set of stairs. They were concrete too. And they were pretty, fairly high, like a little bit higher than where I grew up. And those ones were like five, six feet off the ground or something. And uncontrollably, like I had my hand on the railing and it was there. And then whoop, like a fucking slip inside yeah. and, and my hand re- released because the momentum and the weight was so much right away. Yeah. Like knowing how to fall. Didn't apply there because I had not a second of opportunity to even think about, like, I just got lucky. I went all the way down to the bottom, not too bad, yeah. because they were so icy on the stairs Yeah, that I just slid it past each one. It didn't really hit me that hard, and luckily I didn't hit my head at all. And I got to the bottom, everybody's like, God, they're like, damn, dude, are you all right? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, surprisingly, somehow, yes. Yeah. But it would happen so close, like, down yeah over with no choice in the matter you know no time to react or whatever and um luckily i didn't hurt myself but um you know hopefully that continues and you know you you get older you learn some methods right you know like keep a little bit of fucking salt inside the front door or out by the back door so you can just sprinkle it around before you step out there because if you don't you're asking for disaster i got home last night from the bar and i had bought a bunch of salt for the bar and i had it in the back of the car and I'm, when I get home, dude, like the sidewalk was all ice. The stairs, I was yeah. like, man, I was like, fuck this. I went back to the, I went back to the car, and I was literally just walking. You did with, the smart thing, dude. Yeah, and I just walked with the bag of ice, with the bag of salt in front of me, and I was just salting my 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 way back into the house. And then in the morning, I was just like, I went right and left right now. I was like, oh, thank God, like yeah, there was no ice anywhere because I put so much salt out. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how it was here today because I salted yesterday. I got tenants here, and I don't want them falling. And I don't want anybody in my family or myself to fall. Uh, you know, I'm here. I'm just talking about, you know, avoiding injuries and all this. Um, but, you know, I got lucky this morning. I got up, and I probably spent like a good half hour or so, and I went through a whole bag of salt just on the one property, like on where I live. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I was lucky I had that handy. And what I, what I like to do is, like, I'll take a smaller container. Um, you know, I sometimes I'll use my hand. I'll put, like, a glove on so I'm not fucking getting all that salt on my hands. 
and I'll just kind of sprinkle it around that way. But I like to take a smaller container so I'm not carrying that big-ass heavy thing. Yeah. Or at least maybe get, like, a little granny card I can bring with me to put that in or some shit. Yeah. Because, like, those bags are, like, 30, 40 pounds. Bro, what I used to do is I used to have a, I used to have a rental property, and um, and I, I used to have a bucket, and I would just pour it in a bucket. And then I had, um, I don't know if you've ever seen them, you use it for, like, seeds and stuff. It's like a little. Th- it looks like a little bucket you carry in a hand, and has like a little crank, and it's like throwing stuff out. Yeah, I would just use that thing, like just different methods. Or just yeah, with a cup. Just, yeah. I have one of those at the house, but like, I don't know. I I tried it a few times. It just I didn't. I, I'm like, fuck it, dude. If I have the little thing, I'll just kind of sprinkle it out. But yeah, that's true. Bro, just faster. Just sometimes it gets clogged, or you're trying to get it all down there, and then it it's not huge. You have to refill it pretty quick. I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Dude, back in the day, they you know the farmers and shit, they just threw it out by hand. Whatever, I'm yeah, you know, I'm I, salt of the earth, dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, ice winter. We we we've been lucky though. Honestly, we, we we haven't had a cold winter. I mean, last year by October it was by. I want to say by Halloween it was snowing out. It was actually yeah. Yeah, so and we got hit with a good bit of it last year. Somebody was like, "No, we didn't." I'm like, "Dude, you had a shitload of there snow." There was. There was a three-week period, and this was, I think, a record um, in Chicago. It was. I know what you're A three-week week record where every day there was some snow, and sometimes it would be a lot, Yeah. and sometimes it would only be a few inches, but every day for that three-week period, three weeks straight, we were getting snow. That's why we are resilient people here. We're tough. We don't stand for bullshit. You know, hurry up, you know, press the accelerator, make the fucking turn, get out of my way. Like, because we get, it takes us so much longer to do everything in Chicago, man, because of the fucking snow. Like, last year... They literally were running out of places to put snow. Like, yeah. the, the piles on the corner and shit were so high, you could barely see past them. And the motherfuckers are trying to, like, look to see if somebody's coming. They can't see because the snow's piled up. Same thing in the alleys. I had my assistant, she told me last year, she goes, I left my garage to come to work, so I'm driving my car out. And I go this way. Like, oh, shit, you know, there's somebody stuck there. So she, like, backs in, and she goes, tries to go down the way. Fucking somebody's stuck there, too, on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, what do I do? She's like, I can't even get out of here. She had to wait. She's like... Pardon me for being late, but, like, I'm blocked in at both sides of the alley. People are stuck in snow because there's so damn much of it. I ain't going to lie, man. I loved last year because I still had the Jeep at that time. Oh, you're probably laughing at everybody, son. Bro, like, I mean, I would go pick up uh, our friend Ray. I would pick Ray up. Shout out to Ray. Yeah, I'd be like, bro, let's go cruising. Like, it's snowing. It's hard. But that big big snowstorm where it was, like, it was bad out. Yeah. That, That day, I was like, man, I couldn't wait to just get out there and just play with it. Like, went out. Um... When I uh, got got in there, picked up Ray and Pilsen. We cruised down da- downtown. We cruised everywhere. I dropped him off, and then I I purposely took the side roads where I knew there was more snow. Like it was just it was just fun. Now I don't want no snow. I got a little Honda Fit right now. <laughs> That's the last thing I want to see, dude. But yeah, I'm driving a Honda too, dog. Honda Club. <laughs> what the fuck's up? Honda Squad. <laughs> but um, yeah, no man. Just for now. I'm- my friend's has a nice Lexus. So I'm a few years older, but I think I'm gonna pick that up. I'm just in the process of making another purchase, so I gotta kind of chill with my credit for now. But yeah, um, but yeah, no man, the Hondas are they're all right. Um, I think I need I might get some new tires on mine or whatever. But um, good car with four wheel drive, dude. You can't beat it in in the snow, especially here. Plus, you had a lot of ground clearance, so it didn't matter if the snow was like up here. You just kind of yeah, like um, I like it. I like my little car, dude. Like it's it's a totally opposite of what i used to have but i put new t- like i said i just like you said i just put new tires on it and i put i put tires on it, some good tires on it and tinted the windows and that was it and dude like gas i put maybe every two weeks that's, that's pretty it. good mine yeah. seems to be surprisingly 
I have to fill it more than I would think. I'm filling it like once a week, but really, you the, drive a lot. Don't you? I do. Well, yeah. I mean, leading up to the past few weeks, I started doing some closings in the office, where the title insurance company just sends me the documents in the same order that the buyer gets them. Okay. And the reason I was doing that is like right before the new year hit, everybody wants to close. You know, it's end of the month. It's friggin', you know, end of the year, and they're all trying to get their deals closed, and everybody wants to try. Oh, I want to be in there for New Year's. Uh, you know, so I have to like accommodate that or try and yeah. so i was having a very hard time getting coverage attorneys because normally like if i can't be there or if it's like completely spanish-speaking although i understand spanish very well i can't sit there and explain all the documents competently yet but that point will come right. uh, my goal is in the next two years but in any event um i started doing them on my own because i was like my assistants were getting stressed out they're trying to schedule the closings and they're like dude we can't find any coverage attorneys they're all booked and i'm like well let's make people happy they want they want me to do seven a day, nine, well, nine o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. That gives me an hour to verify the numbers are correct. You know, normally we verify our numbers are correct in advance, but make sure nothing changed or whatever, everything's good and go over the most important things with them. If I start running out of time, I'm like, look, just sign the rest. Or, you know, if one is running late, hey, start signing them now. And then once I finish up with that one, I'm going to call you back and we'll go over everything just to understand the whole process. Right. So I'm trying to make sure people are covered. But it allows me to get shit done and not have to travel as much. So I haven't been driving as much the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. um, if that's on a day where I only have one or two, if I'm not busy, I'll go. I do like being there. I like socializing just like what we're doing right now. I like to make people laugh and go over the shit and make sure. I like teaching. I like people to know like the process about the taxes and everything and how it all works and how to make their payment and waiting on automatic payments for a certain amount of time yeah. so that they don't. You know, if the bank sells a loan to another bank, they don't mess up their credit because they signed up for automatic payments with the first one. The new one thought they weren't paying their bill or whatever. So right. I like to explain all that shit to them. And that's, a, like, especially right now. Um, so I've done insurance forever. You know what I mean? Like, I did it I did it during the last, I did it before the last crash. Uh, before the last crash, I did Damn, it. Damn, you've been in the game for a while. Yeah, so I did it, I did it back then. And then um, when the crash was coming, like, when stuff wasn't making sense to us anymore, like, I got out. Why? I started looking for another job. And I, I got out, and then when I came back and I opened up the, the insurance brokerage like five, six years ago, everything was normal still. The market wasn't hot, you know what I mean? But then I started seeing it. And then now I feel like I see stuff like that happened back then, yeah. happening now where the banks do – none of the banks keep the loans anymore. They're always selling them, selling the mortgages. And you have that a lot where the clients like, hey, like um, my insurance – the 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 bank's telling me that we didn't get the um, that we don't have house insurance. What's going on? I'm like, well, did the bank let us know that you you know that they sold the that they sold it? Now you have a new bank. That sucks for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I tell them all, and this is my conspiracy theory on it. Banks don't care because they're gonna make more money if you didn't if you don't if they don't have your insurance your proof of insurance. Yeah. Because they um get the insurance. They, they force it. They force it on you. you know I mean, well, can't you just cancel that and get your shit back with the new? Yeah, uh, you can or do the that. Old insurance company. Had? You can do that. And, yeah. And that's and that's that's what we do all the time. But I mean, like right now, dude, it's super constant where they're just selling and selling these loans, and you you see that all the time. And then. I'm more than sure they call, but you have these call centers from India that call people, and they like they, they call, and if they don't, you don't answer the phone, or if, you know what I mean, like they just they move on, and they you might on. never hear from them again. Yeah, yeah, you never hear from them. It's like I don't like banks, bro. Like banks to me, they're they're what I don't like about banks is that every everything is under their they're one of the one instant, institutions where they make up the rules, you know, yeah. and sometimes the rules don't make sense. You know I mean. 
but they're basically the ones and i don't think it was like that before before you know i mean they would work hand in hand i would give you i would give you my money you would take care of it you would make money off my money and we were all cool now it's like i'm gonna take care of money but i'm gonna charge you to take care of your money and i'm gonna make money off your money you know what i mean like they don't um it's all about them now well personally i i haven't been in the business as long um but you know i have been in the game now for i opened my own office in may 2016 so to 17 18 19 20 21 now we're in 22 it'll be you know going on six years yeah. so as of may of 2022 at least i feel that the lending standards are at least legitimate this time they're more strict don't get you know, most places want to like 620 or 640 or higher, but some will go a little bit lower than that. But it's not like the complete no income, no job, no assets, like ninja loan is what they used to call it. At least it's like people are qualified, you know, um, although I know there's some trickery going on with like trying to keep insurance costs down so that they can afford the payment and shit like that or whatever. Um, but it is what it is. I, I feel like the, at least the lending standards are better. But also, part of the reason that it's so tough to deal with these banks is there's a million people who do a million different things. So the division of labor there is like, you got a loan officer, you got a loan processor, you got an underwriter, you got a funder. There's like so many different people that have their hands on it. And the chain of communication, the more people are in the chain, the harder it is to not have a break in the chain of communication. Yeah, that's true. So what I see a lot is like, they're like, oh, I already paid for that in advance. Now they got to get a refund back because they got charged again at closing because the loan officer or the processor, whoever would be responsible to forwarding that to the funder or the underwriter didn't do it. So yeah. it's like the left hand's not talking to the right. They're trying to close a million fucking loans. This whole period during COVID has been insanely busy for the last two years. Like at first everybody was scared. Then the interest rates were really low and people are panicking because of COVID. They didn't like where they were at or they wanted to get into a new place and there's not enough homes to meet up with the demand. So the prices are high as hell on homes. Home prices are way up. At least the interest rates are still low, but we're seeing a lot of fuckery because they're trying to get banks to perform like they're these superhuman institutions when at the end of the day, behind the scenes, they're all just people like you and me. Like they have lives and problems outside of that and they're busy and there's only eight hours in the workday for them, right? Or maybe it's longer, but you can't get a hold of them after a certain time and everybody's stressed, man, because they're expected to do like a million things and the people who have less to do in the industry are the ones who are kind of like, you're not doing your shit. You're not on top of your shit. Be like, okay, come and shadow me for like a week and see how I handle my shit. Yeah. And then let's talk. And I know for some, like some people that I work with, they're super busy too. So they get it or, or they expect a higher level of service because they do so much business and it's tough, but I do my best. I put systems in place. I have a good staff. I have three now plus my wife helps. So it's kind of like five of us total for team tyranny, but people don't understand that, man. It's, it's fucking tough, man, to do volume, you know? It Whether is. you're a bank or a, a shop like me. It is. Um this year this year with the with the with the with the insurance office, especially with the bar now, all this other stuff, I've really thought about just making it like a referral bit like a referral boutique business where it would just be referrals. I would literally take off all my marketing stuff down. All the clients that I have would be referral clients and that's it. I mean, just so I could so I can Make sure that I'm giving the service that you know that the people deserve and should get. You know I mean, instead of over overwhelming myself with with business, yeah, and then maybe add another 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 person to the team, and you know, and then start. You know, what I mean, but I feel like yeah, some people do take on too much, and it it doesn't 
it's not good. You mean it's not good for anybody. No. Um, it's not good because if somebody referred you somebody, then you they look bad for referring you that person. That's the challenge of the industry. You're only as good as the last thing you've done for them. Because if you mess up once or something, it's a negative feelings linger longer than positive ones. So they remember that, and then they don't want to look bad. And happy clients are good clients because they keep on referring people. So if you mess up, then the other person looks bad, and then you look bad, and you're getting less business. Um, it's tough. But one thing that for you just kind of particularly you might be able to do, keep the name, keep the marketing. It's yours. It's your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but bring in somebody who had a bad experience with another agency or another brokerage that had their own before and they kind of know how to run it. It's just that now they would be doing it and then you would get you know a third or half or whatever you agree on with the split, but they're doing most of the work, but you're still there to kind of oversee everything. Yeah, that is one thing that, that, is one thing that I'm – I'm trying yeah. to do. It's just hard, man. Because insur- insurance isn't the sexiest business. You know what I mean, like it's it's it it isn't. You know what I mean, like, and then the the numbers. It's insurance is something where you're gonna make money, but it's gonna be in the long run. It's not gonna be in the short in the short run. You know what I mean, so you're not gonna like on each deal. You're not making a lot of money. But it accumulates over time when you get renewals. It it accumulates over time, yeah. So if you get someone that... You have a renewable income as they keep on renewing. Your residuals, yeah. Your residuals, yeah. So I feel like it's hard hard to explain that to people that are are getting into it or whatever. And then if you get people like that that have worked for another agency or another brokerage, I mean, they're set set on getting paid, you know, a certain amount. So it's kind of hard. Numbers-wise, it's kind of hard to find someone unless you have a lot of disposable income to pay them, pay them good... And people get paid good money now, like from State Farm, like people that work at State Farm offices and stuff like that. Dude, when I started, we used to get paid garbage compared yeah. to like what these these people get paid now. I would I would have never left State Farm if if I was if if I was getting paid what they get paid now. But it is what it is. But it's the business. You know I mean that's how business is. You just gotta you just gotta keep going and figure it, figuring it out. I'm guessing that you're a better person for having done what you've done anyway. So at the end of the day, when you look back on it, you're probably like, you know, in a better position, not only for insurance, but also to take those business skills that you've learned and apply them to your new venture, Studio 63. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I always tell people if if I would open up the insurance office and I would have had a line out, out the door down the block, I would have been out of business in six months because I would have thought that that's how it is. You know what I mean? And I would have. I wouldn't have done anything. And uh, I feel I learned more from the struggles that I've learned more from struggles than from my from my L's than my, than my wins, you know what I mean? And that's why, like, when I talk to people, when I talk to you or I talk to other people, I learn more when someone tells me uh, a story of, like, a struggle they had than uh, when they tell me about a success a successful story. Because, one, I think the the stories, when so- when someone tells you, like, something that they went through you know what I mean like a struggle that they went through you learn from it and it inspires you because you're like all right you know what I'm struggling but I'm not doing the wrong thing I'm on the right track because it's not easy you know what I mean and people are people people are people are going through the same thing or went through the same thing so if I'm at that point then you know what I mean I'm I'm doing good because the, this person's doing good now and they went through that so I think like you have to go. You have to go through that in business, and I think that helped me out a lot with with the, with the bar. Because now I know a little bit more of. I know way more on how to, how to um, how could I say, how to prepare myself for stuff to come. You know I mean, or see stuff that's gonna come before it before it gets there. You know I mean, like if it's slow one night, or 
or just be proactive on stuff. It helps you. It helps you prepare business wise, and then just talking to people like vendors and stuff like that. Or even customers. What do you like about this place? What can I do better? What do you want to see in here? Yeah. Some of them won't have a fucking idea to tell you because they're drunk or whatever. Yeah. But some people might be like this, this, and this, but you seem to have a pretty good system already in place. If that's what you took over, it seems like you've seen it and you kind of know how to make it all work, you know? So what I did is when I, before I took over, before I took over the bar, I, I, I started going to a lot of other bars and like talking to like people that, that are in the industry. And I took a lot of stuff that they, that they, um that they had implemented. And when I, when I took over, I took over on September 1st of this year or of last year. And the old owners, dude, like, they had been around for a year. I mean, like that's how they did all their lives. Their dad owned. Their that's pretty da- cool. Yeah, their dad owned it. I mean, their dad owned the business, and then they took over and they started their own business. Like before Studio Sixty Three was Studio Sixty Three was called Prime and Tender, and then from Prime and Tender, they uh, they changed the name and it became a country bar. It was called Kickers Corral. I remember that place before Studio. Yeah. Yeah. And Kickers was, Corral. I was a young kid. Yeah. I used to eat over at the BFW all over there. Yeah, right there like for the Friday, first time. Kickers fries. Corral. Like, what is this? A country bar? Yeah. Y'all doing line stepping and shit over there? Yeah, what? it was. And there was line dancing. I want to say it was there for like two, three years. And then Nick, Nick, Nick Gudos took uh, the son of, of of George Gudos. He was like, you know what? I'm gonna make it into I'm gonna make it into a nightclub again. And um, and he made it into Studio Sixty Three. And him and his brother Jerry worked it. I mean, when it was huge on on Harlem and Sixty Third. I'd never been to that location. I always wanted to because oh, that was the best. All the beautiful women to be walking in there, and I was like, I was young, I was single, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I had like friends like, dude, I've been in there. It's pretty cool. And I wanted to go too. I never got to go to that one, but I'm proud and, and it's been a pleasure to be able to go to, to your location uh, i appreciate that but man i if i could have been able to buy that one man that would have been just, it was just enormous it was a cool bar because it was so big and then i had two bars the dance floor like literally you could be on one side of the building and i could be on the other we, we wouldn't see each other all night till at the end of the i night. didn't realize it was that big it was big bro it was it was because i like a lot of room to dance if i'm going into a club and you're gonna be playing some music I don't want to be sitting there with my table next to somebody else's, and I can't even stand up and shit. Oh, oh yeah, no, it was a massive building. That building originally was a steakhouse, so it was a steakhouse. No it was a steakhouse, and then on the corner where they used to have the pool tables, that was a diner. Okay. And then later on, he made it into he made he made it all into just one big place. They used to have live bands there. Like Nick tells me all these stories now because you know Nick Nick helps me out at the bar, so he tells me he was one of the former owners. Yeah, so but he, he's like consulting a little bit for you to help you out or what. Yeah, so when I took over the, um, so not to put too much of their business out there, but yeah, so it, it was two brothers. It was Jerry and Nick. Um, Jerry retired, and Nick, Nick had told me he's like, you know, I'll help you out, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what? Who better to help me out than you know the guy that's been in the industry for 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 that long? So so yeah, he was there, and dude, like he he ran a good he ran a good bar. I think it was just he had been in it for so long that sometimes you just. Not that you get lazy, but you just get, you know, you're like, it is what it is. You know, you just run it that way. Um, so when I came in, I just, I, I did change a couple of things. I added more security, first of all. Like, that's that's just me. And I like I like going somewhere where I feel safe. You know what I mean? Not that I didn't feel safe in there, but, you know I mean, sometimes it would be a rough crowd. It's a late night bar. You know what I mean? You get all, all the people from all the other bars. Yeah. So I added security a lot. Um, we did a lot of changes um, to security. I had one night where I didn't want to start frisking people. They never frisked people there. And all the other bars around here, they you know, they do it. But I was just like, you know what, we don't frisk. I'm like, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of good. Um, it's kind of cool that we don't do it. But then one night I had gone to a buddy's bar in Maywood, 
and I was talking to him. He's like, bro, he's like, you have to frisk. He goes, you have to. He goes, it's for your safety and for your clients, customer safety. If you want your customers to be, you know, to be safe, you need to frisk because at the end of the day, we're we're on the south side of Chicago. I mean, like, I mean, people, there's, it's just, you know, it's a, it's, it is a rough city. And uh, so I started frisking. And at first I was like, man, people are going to get mad or they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're not going to like it. And I had one of their, one of Nick, one of their, um, one of the regulars that comes in all the time, he, he, you know, he would say hi to me and everything else. And then that night he comes, he's like, Hey man, he's, I want to talk to you. I was like, fuck, he's gonna, he's gonna say, you know what? He's like, you know, I don't like being frisked. He goes, you know what, man? He goes, I've been coming here for years. He goes, this is the first night I feel safe in your, in this bar. He goes, I like that you're frisking people. He goes, I've been telling the old owner for years that he should just, he should have done that. And I was like, that was like, I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know what? Like, he appreciates that and then yeah now like i get a lot of people that come to the bar like people that i know or other people and they'll tell me that the same thing they're like you know what, man i like coming to your bar because i feel safe you know you have you have a lot of security they frisk people you know and you do all this other stuff and at the end of the day that's that's you know i mean i want like i remember when you came in that first time you're like yeah man like, like we need somewhere somewhere to, to to come and party on the to step to, to get out and step man i don't have any clubs like right nearby yeah and if i want to dance and i want to move and i want to have some fun with my friends like there's not really many places to dance here you have to travel a little bit more like we do have bourbon street over here on the south side near and dear to my heart i haven't been there since before covid i, I feel disgraced as a south sider for not having been there yeah um and i'm embarrassed to admit it so bourbon street i will be back with a goddamn vengeance one of these days son <laughs> but until that day um and because i don't want a place to go away they have a very big operation there it must be hard uh, it must have been hard uh, and still is hard to keep it open during COVID, but uh, yeah. you know, God spare Bourbon Street. But that's the best club we have on the South Side. And there's right. a few other bars we can go dance to, but nothing that's like really dedicated to dancing. Like yeah, yours, yeah. it's like a focal point. You get in there, and back there's a dance floor. Come on out, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like, so that was my thing. I, I didn't want to change that. I didn't. I didn't want to change it and make it into you know just a, into a regular bar. I wanted to keep. I wanted to keep what Studio Sixty Three is, but I wanted to make it better. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's where we're at right now. We're, you know, and, and just making another spot where people know they could go there, dance, have a good time, and you know, bring it back to to its glory days. Even though it's a smaller, way smaller place than the the big one that we that used to be out here. But I mean, you gotta start somewhere. You do, man, and it's 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 a great place. Like from the minute I walked in there, I was telling friends about it because I had friends that went to the old studio and yeah. I hadn't been there, and I was like, dude, it's everything's new, you know, like. Everything's nice and modern. Everything's clean. Freaking new, nice marble bars. They got everything organized real nice. Everything's the decor is good. The lighting's good. They, you know, the DJ booth. Everything's solid. You know, they got a guy in the bathroom giving it the the towels. Yeah. And and you know, it's like when I was younger, I used to be like a little more concerned about giving my money out. It made me feel like um, an anxiety. And I think I got that from my dad because you know he didn't have. He, the reason he had money is because he saved it and he worked hard for it. He knew the value of a dollar. And so I kind of felt like that too. Like, dude, I can get my own towel. But now I'm kind of like, I'm doing well. So like success make, allows me to spread the love a little bit more. And I don't, I, everywhere I've been going lately, I've been tipping like crazy. And um, not crazy, but like more than I normally would, you know, spreading that love a little extra. Like everything costs more, man. The food's up, gas is up, building materials. You go on and on and on about consumer prices right now. Yeah. Everything's a little bit more expensive than it was before COVID and all this bullshit. And so, like, I'm like, I'm doing well. I want to, like, let people know I appreciate them. I was just at a luncheon yesterday, and I told everybody at my table, I don't know if they listen or not, but I say it anyway, and I, I don't want to sound like an asshole or a parent, but I'm like, hey, tip your waitress as well. 
we were on the par- party bus for these parties, going down to NAREP or whatever. Hey, don't forget to tip your uh, your, your driver on the way out. Yeah. It was something extra, right? But for me, I want to continue being that way, but I just got hit with a fucking huge tax bill. So, like, I pay myself a set salary, but I have to reconcile at the end of the year. If I've made more than what I paid taxes on already, I got to kick up that salary for the last quarter. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, I get punched, like, in the gut with this giant-ass fucking tax bill, and I'm like you know, still trying to feel that spirit of giving and shit, but it's like, dude, it's hard to give away money when you just got hit like that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you'll probably see that in your business too with the fucking bar and everything, but um, in any event, I, I, I like the idea of you know, first getting on the way in because most people are good, right? Most people are just, they're, they're like us. They want to have a place to have a drink. They want to go out with their girl or their friends or their group or try to, like, meet a girl or whatever, and they just want to go in there and have a good time. Yeah. But there's going to be that one fucking asshole who has a knife or a gun, probably more likely it's going to be a gun, right? And it's that one motherfucker that brings it that, like, ruins the shit for everybody, right? Yeah. And if you didn't have somebody frisking on the way in, it's that little insurance policy, right? Your insurance policy, your insurance risk management. Frisk them at the fucking door, dude. Nobody goes in with a gun. Everybody's equal. Worst case scenario, you got a fist fight and the fucking bouncers throw them out of there in no time. Yeah. Whereas if somebody pulls off a fucking... You don't want to be on the news for the wrong reasons. You want to be over there like, oh, shit, it's the baddest fucking club in town. That's why we're reporting on it. Not like two people were shot and three were injured because they were firing around shots and fucking people caught strays and shit. You don't want to have that reputation for your business. No, and you know what? And that, going back to the insurance, I think that's that's another thing that insurance makes you a little bit more... Aware of risk. Aware of risk, yeah. Law school did that to me, too. I'm always yeah. thinking about it because we're ready to fucking sue somebody if they fuck up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not so, me. I, I do real estate transactions, but some of those attorneys out there, the ones you don't like. Yeah, so, yeah. So, like, I think, yeah, that, that's one thing that insurance always, like, everybody... Someone told me the other day, they're like, are you, or, we're going to go to the party. Are you going to are you gonna be watching everything or are you going to be enjoying the party? I'm like, that's just, like, all right, like, I'm, I'll go have... I'm going to go have a good time. I'm like, I'm not going to look out for any like i'm not gonna be on you know like i'm patrol mode i mean just looking for risks i'm just gonna but i'm just gonna i'm gonna enjoy myself i'm gonna have a good time but yeah like you that does happen with insurance though like where you do you start looking at risks like all the time you you just it's just something that comes natural but yeah but with the bar i think we've we've done those changes we've done things here and there less risk and more fun like when i when i first took over we had guys that were regulars right Mm-hmm. They would go in like where they're friends, like groups of guys. And uh, now the guys come in, but they come in with girls. They bring girls on dates there. And and I tell I tell one of the parts, I'm like I'm like what I'm like I think what it is is they feel safer now, so they're like you know what I'm gonna take my girl there instead. And before it was like you know what like something could pop off. I'm just gonna take the guys and we'll, we'll go drink there. Yeah, because you feel safer. Dogs plus your girls not at the risk or whatever. Like yeah, if you need to back each other up, you know you could start all start swinging. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we're back in our twenties. I don't <laughs> want to think about doing it now. I, I get hurt just trying to fight. Probably, but whatever. Yeah, I gotta stay in shape. So, so I I do I do notice that I, I notice a lot a lot of people bring their bring their significant other now. Yeah, and I I feel like that that's good. That's what I want. I mean I want I want people to be able to go in there feel safe. Then no one's gonna bother them. I mean, and yeah, like when I first took over, we did have to kick out a couple of guys. I mean, they would, you know, they weren't very nice to women or stuff like that. And I yeah, think you want it to be a comfortable environment now, too. Like, exactly. If girls yeah. are going to go in here all dialed up, looking good, like, hey, man, you could be fucking James Bond 
or you could be the big bad wolf and fucking intimidate the shit out of somebody. Like, yeah. if somebody says no or they're just not feeling it, like, that's one thing I feel like guys don't recognize a lot or they feel that they can, like, talk a woman out of it. It's like, can't you see that she's not into you? Do you think if you continue this course of behavior that her reaction's going to be different? Like, she's not into you, dude. Move the fuck on. Whatever. Yeah, and then you had Nobody alcohol. teaches class about etiquette. Send over a drink. See if she fucking... She looks at you or she smiles or, or if her and her girls are smiling. Then go over and talk to her. Whatever. These motherfuckers come up. Hey, hey. Or they start putting their hands up. I was like, who the fuck are you touching me, bro? Yeah, and then you add alcohol to that to that mix. Yeah, and it's yeah. a fucking... Dude, I remember... So the first the first day I took... The first day, weekend I took over, I didn't know what I was... Like, I, 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 I didn't... Not that I didn't know what All I was All right, doing. you're up at bat. This is your first time in the majors. Yeah, so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting by the door. And there's this guy. And he, he was he was intoxicated already. And he he walks up to these girls, and it was it was it was these three girls. They were young, they were cute. They go to the bar, and they're sit, sitting there. And this guy c- goes up to them, and he's like, um, he's like, you know, like like you just said, he's trying to be all over them and everything else. And then uh, I didn't really know security back then really well, so George George is like one of my main security guys. Is there? He's at the door all the time. So I tell George, I'm like, hey George, I'm like, if there's a guy by, and I could see it on the girls' faces, they were just getting like they were getting upset. So I told George, I'm like, hey, George, I'm like, what do we do if a guy's bothering girls? He goes, oh, just tell me, point him out. He goes, and I'll tell him that he has to leave them alone. And if, you know, he he, he keeps on mess- bothering people, then we just, we ask him to leave. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm like, you know what, that guy over there is, you know, bothering those girls. And yeah, George went over there, talked to him, brought him back, sat him down at the end of the bar. He pulled him off to the side. Yeah. Uh, that's less embarrassing. And I, and I was hoping that you were going to tell me something like that because yeah, somebody gets more even more pissed off if you like embarrass them in front of somebody like that they'll resent that feeling they might try to sucker punch you later or some shit whereas yeah. if you give them an excuse say hey can, can I talk to you for a minute let me let me have a quick word with you yeah. pull them off to the side and have that conversation especially when somebody's drunk their emotions are all fucking over the place and heightened and all this I remember um, have you ever seen the movie Roadhouse I have not. I hate to admit that because I've heard the name a million times, and it's supposed to be a classic. I feel it's a classic. Dude. If you like Patrick Swayze, that's one of the one of his best movies. That movie, everybody says it's cheesy. It's you know it's it's super eighties or nineties, which I fucking love. But bro, that movie is super reali- like when he gives it the because in the, in the movie he's a bouncer. He, they call him a cooler, like he's a head bouncer at bars. Yeah, and uh, and he explains to the guys you know how to you know how how to how to treat situations. You know what I mean. In the to bar. diffuse it a little yeah, bit, yeah, to diffuse yeah. it and Keep all that it calm. stuff. Yeah, bro, that's and that's that that's how it is. You you're not supposed to go in there and like I've been to a couple of places. I won't name the names, but I remember like you would go in there and security was just like they looked like they wanted to fight everybody. You know what I mean? They're just trying to be fucking. Some might have been on roids and they got that fucking rage and shit, and they're like yeah. ready to fuck somebody up. I wish somebody would get wrong in here. Yeah, I can't wait to smash them. Yeah, <laughs> they're like bro, like you're just escalating the situation. So yeah, like if we ever have stuff that happens, we pull people to the side. But hey, man, I want to talk to you, or hey, you know, this is going on, or hey, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. And then, and you just be nice. You have to be nice. And then, if they don't want to leave, or if you know what I mean, if, if they're not gonna reason with you, you know, you got a problem then. Yeah, and if then, they start getting out of line. You're like, yeah, and then that's when that's when you call in Tiny and yeah, you call in. Uh, hey, send them over here. George is talking to that guy, and this doesn't look like it's going well. Yeah, and then that's when <laughs> that's when that's that's when. They're surrounded by security, and they don't realize. It. And then when they realize that you see it on their face, they're like, "Oh, like yeah, like I got." to Okay, get I'm gonna de-escalate a little bit because I have two football-sized men in front of me, like NFL players, are yeah. ready to fuck me up or throw me out. You know? Yeah, and then that's it. And then, and then do, do George and Tiny Bro, like once they're once they're standing, like it's a wall. You know what I mean, and they just they just keep walking. They just you know they they only put their hands on them. They're just like, hey, man, like we just gotta go, and they just 
they're nice about it. We escort people out, and then outside, you're like, hey, man, like, yeah, you know, you just can't come in. Come back another night, but just don't. Yeah, and and another thing I did I did change now is um, I scan everybody's IDs, and we have like you have like a record of it. Does it say who was there that evening? Yeah, so that's probably good too. If you got if you got no. No problem. You should be all right to let a bar scan your ID. Yeah, and like you, you scan. They scan the ID. If we have a situation where, like, you know, like it was just, we've had a couple of people where, like, they, just, they just don't know how to behave, and now we, you know, have their information after we scan their ID. We put it on there, banned, banned from the bar. So if you scan it again in the future, you know, like this person's a banned person. Yeah, and I know, I know. Well, well, I'm really, um, we're really good with uh, details on it. Like I tell the guys, like if you're gonna ban somebody, put on there what they did. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like I remember last time you're here, or the file says that you were fucking, you fucking punched somebody, or you did this, or yeah, that. Yeah, like and yeah, like yeah, and that's and that's how we keep them out. You know what I mean, and that's how you keep you keep the you keep people that you know that just don't know how to behave out out of the bar and keep them away from everybody that wants to be there wants to just have a good time we'll put a pin on it right there and we'll come right back all right right, we're back at it um when we left off we were talking about you know security at your at your place at studio 63 nightclub summit illinois be there yeah security and just um just having people you know feel safe and just having a good time you mean like we're I go so I go to this one bowling alley in Berwyn, and um, I I just like going I just like going to to drink there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But because I feel safe, and I tell I tell the guys all the time the, the owners, like dude, like I just come in here, I'll literally go sit there, Ryan, and just you know order a drink, be on my phone, watch TV. Like if I'm at, at the crib, you know what I mean? But sometimes you just gotta be out. You know what I mean? Instead yeah, of yeah, come being, into contact with chat with people, interact a little bit. Yeah, but and, and I and I feel like man, like I want that. Like I want people to go to the bar. They want to dance, they could dance. If they want to just sit around, talk, talk. If they want to just sit there and, you know, just have a drink, have a drink. But know that they're not going to have to worry about anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's 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 what I want. You know what I mean? Well, and also congratulations on some of the private parties you've thrown. Yeah. Um, I know uh, uh, Tony Escarano just had his during this last week, and I, I did agree. feel bad that I wasn't there. So shout out to Tony, man. I hope you had a happy birthday. I saw pictures of you and your wife online. You guys look beautiful. And, uh I, I, I wanted to be there, you know. I yeah. I don't I know Tony, but I don't know him like well well, but right, you know, right. I'm sure over time I will. Yeah. Um but I did want to be there, so shout out to him and uh I was just exhausted, man. I felt like my immune system was compromised, so I just wanted to take the night off, man, and get a little recovery to get through the rest of the week. Yeah, no, it's 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 that time of the season, dude, where I mean all the parties, it's the first week of January. The weather. I was still recovering from December, dog. Yeah. I had so many fucking events and parties and closings. I was exhausted by the end of that month. No, you know what? I didn't realize how tired I was till last week when I was still running around doing stuff. And I was just like, dude, like, man, like, I feel like sometimes in business you get so busy that you feel like you're not getting anything done. But it's because you burn yourself out a little bit, you know what I mean? And then you, you get like that one day where you just get to rest or you just get to, you know, settle down again and you're like man like like that's what it was i was just burning myself out like that's why sometimes if i wake up if in the morning like if i know i'm gonna be to uh, well for me because i i open up the office i mean and it's not like my appointment stuff so if i know if i'd rather get that one extra uh, half hour of sleep sleep in and instead of instead of getting up you know i mean when the alarm goes off and being tired the rest of the day because i know it sucks doesn't it yeah it sucks i mean and there's only there's only there's only so much coffee you could drink before that shit doesn't even work anymore. 
And you know what, man? Sometimes when you're really tired and you're drinking that shit, you don't even feel healthy anyway. You're like, you know that you're getting that one stimulant, but when you don't get the right sleep, dude, your immune system is compromised. And now is a time where we can't afford that with fucking COVID, you know? Exactly. And then just giving yourself anxiety, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're just... I feel the... frail, dude. Like when I when I haven't slept right, I feel like yeah. I'm more likely to fall. My my mood's not as good. I'm just more irritable, and I notice it, so I'm like more aware of it, so I can control it. But you still don't feel good, and you're not going to be as nice or as calculated or mindful as you normally are if you have a good night's sleep. I remember one night at the bar, like dude, I was just tired, man. It was tired. It was one of those nights where everything was just you know like there was just a lot of. Uh, there was a lot of people that were that were intoxicated. They were they were having a good time, but you know what I mean like there was a lot of trouble that night. And at, by the end of the night, like I was just done. And one of the regulars, he's like, "What's wrong with you, today, bro? You, you just what? look you just look mad." I'm like, "No, nah, I'm not mad, bro. I'm like I'm just tired. Like it's been a long, long day." And I thought to myself, "You know what, man? Like that's the last time I'm gonna come like that tired. If 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 that's what it is, like I'll I'll have like so Nick helps me out a lot. So I'll just I'll tell Nick like, hey, man, you know what?'" Just open up, like I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a nap before I go in. Like it's been a long day, like, dude. I don't blame you at all. Like I couldn't imagine going in there and staying until closing without proper sleep, and then doing that shit over and over again. Yeah, it's not good for your health, dude. That's why shift shift workers, police, airline pilots, and doctors sometimes when they're working third shift, they have higher incidence of uh, heart attack and stroke. So I I work when I the lack of sleep. I worked for I worked for McDonald's for the corp for a corporate. I worked for them for seven years, probably like six, seven years. Um, I worked a night shift. I worked a weekend night shift. So I would work fourteen hour, fourteen hour, fourteen hours. Yeah, yeah. Three straight days as a shift. Yeah, three days straight. And dude, like, it was always the night shifts, bro. Those years, like, it was horrible. Like, I was, I mean, like, this is not, this is not. Um, that's what pushed me to open up the the insurance brokerage. Just to not have to do that kind of shit anymore. Yeah, because I was like, dude, like, this is really good money. But there's no way that I could do this for the rest of my life. Like, I had no life, no social life. Like, during the day, I was just, my body was super tired. By the time your body adjusts back to kind of normal, yeah. you got to go back to work. And your body's not meant to be up all night, you know what I mean? Dude, it's certainly not, man. And another thing is, like, with the shift work, this motherfucker's about to die. It only runs five minutes at a time, so i got to take advantage. Give me a second here for a little <laughs> fresh air break for a second. <gasps> yeah, but... Yeah, night shift, bro. I don't, re- I don't recommend it to anybody. And the bar isn't that bad now. So we used to have a four AM license. Stuff happened in Summit with other bars, so they they took away all the four AM licenses. They make it into a two AM. So this was our first weekend as at a two AM as a two AM license place. Um, I feel like I did get more sleep now compared to when it was four AM because yeah. it was just yeah four AM. By the time I got out of there it was. Five, by the time we finished everything, it was 5 o'clock. By the time I drove home and everything if else. If you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. And then you ever have this weird thing? It's like you're so tired, but you can't get to sleep right away, or you wake up early. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know about you. I, I, I've been sober since October, and I plan on staying sober until St. Patrick's Day. But okay. my sleep has been better without the alcohol because when I was drinking, like if I was at a real estate event or whatever, I would um, – I wouldn't be able to sleep beyond 8 a.m. Even if I didn't have a closing till like noon or whatever, and I wanted to get more sleep, even though if I was up till 3, 4 in the morning, it's just like clockwork. And I'm like, I know my body needs more sleep than this. I know it. Yeah, dude, um, Joe Rogan had this one guy on, and I remember this. And the guy would say that. Why we sleep? Matt, something or other? I think it was where he was saying that um, you, uh, when you're, when you sleep, like when you, when, when you do anything, when you take anything, 
to make yourself your body sleep your body isn't really sleeping because it's just it's it's taking a rest to try to get out all that poison that you just put in it you know what i mean to to cleanse it out yeah so you're not you're not getting real sleep he goes that's why when you stop drinking the first couple of days you can't really sleep but by the time your your body's you know cleansed i guess of uh, of whatever was in your system then you get real sleep and that's when your body starts re- actually resting resting um after a few days of not drinking of not oh yeah like yeah yeah alcohol i think messes up your REM sleep uh you don't get as much of it so you don't feel as rested and i think that's for the reasons you were just saying is basically that um <clears throat> Your system's still working. Like, you don't think about it as work, but, like, your liver's down there doing a lot of work. That takes energy. That expends energy that you've stored up, and it also might interfere with the processes that normally should be going on when you're at rest because that's just working there. So the brain's like, all right, I'm waiting for you to kind of finish your shit, and then then I'll fucking, you know, put them into a deep sleep, right? And sometimes that never happens. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Sometimes you – that by the time you wake up and now you're fucking feeling like shit. So, like, I've been been feeling a lot better, um, you know – about getting up earlier um and my blood pressure has been better so i think i'm gonna go all the way to st patrick's day and even when i start back even even before i stopped this time in october of this last year i was going easy anyway i I don't drink like i used to and i'm very proud of myself for that because the opportunities are there but the first few years in this business must have took a couple years off the end of my fucking life because i i would drink and stay up late and go to work like fucking the next day like sometimes i'd be i'd go to the event and it would be like an after party or you're going for a nightcap somewhere. Before you know it, it's 4 in the morning, and I'm, I'm back in the office at like 7 or 8. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. I, 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 I'm glad I don't live like that because I know that that shit is not good for your body. I, I, don't, I couldn't do it anymore anyway. If I, if I was doing that kind of shit for the next few years straight, I'd probably die like in my 40s, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you really went hard. I'm surprised yeah. we don't hear about early deaths in our industry more for those very reasons, you know? That is true. You know what I mean? Like, we, a lot of people do. You know what, though? I think... They go hard for a while and then eventually they stop because it gets it gets it gets in the way of business. Yeah. So, or they just they fall out and you don't see it, you don't hear about them anymore. Just... Yeah, there's been a few people um, in the business that are like that and fucking, you know, I'm, most of them didn't fall off completely. Like they didn't die or anything. Thank God. Yeah. They um, just stopped for a while because mm-hmm. some of them had fucking. Some had personal problems in their life they needed to attend to, and um, it was interfering with their work, and they took a break for a while, and I'm happy for those people. Some of them didn't really come back in the industry, and the ones who did are just better now, and, you know, they're just trying to kind of, like, fit back in, and, yeah, you know, I uh, I sympathize for those people, man, you know. I want, uh, want my fellow brothers and sisters to be doing good, you know. Some of these people I went to fucking high school with or um, I've known them you know, for years, dude, I, there's two people in the industry, Eddie Garcia and, um, uh, Jesus, the beard Neary. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. I went to high school with him too. He was a year older than me, graduated a year before I did. And so I don't want to see wrong for them or bad for them. Right. Like guys I've known since that young, I mean, I don't want to see it on anybody, but especially people that I went to school with, you know? Yeah, that's true. And that's why this, this, this industry takes a toll on people. And I don't know if they really acknowledge it because it's, Look at how much success I have. Like, I did this, or I just got this done, and, like, look at that. And you're seeing the success, but it's, like, it fucking, it's a grinder of a business, you know? I think, bro, what it is is people, especially, well, yeah, in this business, everybody wants to, you know, I did this, I did that. But people don't want to talk about, you know, hey, I'm stressed out, or I have stress, or I did yeah. this, or that. You know, everybody wants to everybody wants to put up the front of, you know, like, hey, you know, I did it, no stress. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm superhuman. 
But dude, like I see it all the time. Like I talk about it all the time with people with, with certain people. Like dude, like yeah, I have, like I have stress or like I never knew what anxiety was till I had anxiety. Yeah, you know what I mean, and honestly, like, when I got in, when I started stressing out, like I went to the doctor at first. I was like, bro, like something's wrong with me. He's like, it's just stress. I'm like, no, nah, this isn't stress. Like, something's wrong. And I literally wanted him to tell well, me. Well, your blood pressure might have been bad as a result of the stress, and that can lead to heart attack and fucking stroke. Yeah, so I was like, dude, I'm like, I need you to tell me that, you know, I have something wrong with me so I could, I guess, get a pill and just make it better. And then that's it. That's one less thing I have to worry about. And, like, yeah, and I did blood work and everything else. And then he was just like, no, man. He's like, it's, you're perfectly healthy. He's like, it's just stress. And then after that, I felt like the more I would talk to people in the industry, like certain people, like they would be like, yeah, man, like I have the same thing or this and that, and you start realizing, you know, what I mean, it's you're everyone's human. You know, what I mean, it's something that everybody goes through, and if you don't go through it, then congrats. But most most people that I know that are stronger than me and stuff like that go through it. You know, what I mean, so I don't feel ashamed that I have stress and that I get that I get this or that. You know, what I mean, it's just something you have to deal with. It's part of the part of the. It comes with the territory. You know, what I mean, everybody has stress, um, and I know I've had some pretty significant stress. And it was one of those things where it's like you don't even really realize it because you've been through it for so long now. It's just you get comfortable with the uncomfortable. You get comfortable with feeling like shit. Yeah. And um, I used to be like that, but I, I'm better at managing stress than I ever have been, and I really need to be because it gets more stressful as you grow because, you know, the more volume of business you do, the more stress comes along with that. It's equal. There's an equal relationship there. And so – but I've been good at it, man. I just try to focus on my breathing. You know, I started doing yoga and you focus on like, you know, um, being uncomfortable and just being comfortable with that. Like when you're stretched in a certain position, it's a focus on your breathing because if you control your breathing, you control a lot of other things. Yeah. And another thing I'm going to start doing too, I got the book here with me now because my co-host, uh, Kimmy Larson, was sick today. I feel terrible. We just did our first episode where we were going to do from now on has my co-host and she got sick so she couldn't be here yeah. but last week we were talking about meditation i got this book here jack cornfield um it's his book meditation for beginners and it has a couple different kinds that you can do for like mental clarity or peace or whatever you know or dealing with certain things yeah somebody reading that but anyway she couldn't make it i feel bad um but because of things like meditation and yoga um those were what allowed me to manage my stress and then like right you know, my father-in-law has an apartment behind my office here, and he has a little cat. Yeah. And uh, his name is Zeus, but we call him Zuzu for short. And uh-huh. he's a cool little dude. And he's lonely a lot because they're gone at work. They they work in the HVAC industry. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to manage my stress by taking a break from the office, go over there, give Zuzu his treat, friggin', you know, fill up his dry food, give him a little bit of water. Maybe clean up his turds out of the shit box if I have to. I don't. I don't want to have to do that. But if yeah, they leave yeah. him there, I want to make sure my guy has a clean place to shit. Yeah. And it calms me down, and then I'll pet him for a little while, and then I'll come back in. You know, it's managing emotion allows you to be a more clear-headed business person, and that's what I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying, dog? Yeah, bro, dude. That's why people like people have dogs. And I mean, like my my brother, like not to put his business out there, but like he has a dog. Like, like you know, like that helps that helps him out. You know what I mean, like just pets or I mean stuff anything that helps you out with the de-stress you is is a good thing I mean I think I think more more people should just talk about it instead of trying to act like they don't get it I mean I think though once you once you realize it and you start talking about it it gets better you mean oh you mean it's it's nice when people have in common because some people put on that false front even when you're telling them like you're stressed they're like no man I'm good like I you know I'm this guy and I close these many millions of deals and like some people try to pretend when you know what I mean it's like I know that shit ain't true like 
you're just maybe better at managing it or something, but or hiding it. You know what I mean, but, yeah, or hiding it. But eventually, you know I mean, it's gonna get to the point where you can't, or it's it's just gonna affect you. you know what I mean, you just have to. You know, one thing that I haven't been strict about, and COVID kind of fucked things up, but um, that's uh, you know, Jose Sanchez. He's a home inspector. He's got his own home. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know Jose. We've He's had good some dude. good conversations. He's a good dude. And, like, he kicked me a little wisdom and shit, and, like, I know he's right about this. And he goes to me, Brian, in this industry, it is it's not easy to get away for long periods of time. So he's like, it's hard to take longer vacations, he said. But what I recommend is you take more short, frequent vacations, just like a, a Thursday night to Monday or, a, you know, whatever, a Friday to a friggin' Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. And do those. He says, you don't even have to really leave the state. He's like, just find a place where they have a hotel you haven't been to or you haven't been there in a while or some shit. And just get a break. And I agree with him a lot. And I, I know I'm not as good about that because I was supposed to go visit my cousin in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Beautiful area. The fucking air is as fresh as could be. They do an Oktoberfest every year. You can go drink some bomb-ass beer with yeah. some Wisconsin people and shit. And uh, there's just beautiful sights. They got, like, a big bluff. You go up there and you can see the Mississippi River and there's an American flag and you fucking feel proud to be an American and shit. It's, it's, it's just the fresh air is killer. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to go visit him, and this is a rough time of year to go there because if you think it's cold in Chi-Town, it's real cold here, but they'll show you some real cold up there. Too. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, you, your cold is, is real if you compare it to other cities. Most of those are fucking liberal. You want to see what the conservatives do out in the country? Ooh, they get used to that real cold, that shit that comes off the plains. It just blows straight at you like a hurricane of fucking ice air, dude. Holy shit, bro. We used to, I used to work with this guy from Minneapolis, and he used to... And he used to so he That's a special kind of tough, the, like the Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, he would. Um, he was. So he lived out there, and he got transferred over here. But he would go out there like on the weekends, and he would go like at least once a month back to, back home. Yeah. And when it was snowing or it was cold here, we'd be like, "Yeah, man, it's cold today. Or it's snowing." He's like, "Man, this isn't nothing." He goes, "You guys, you guys need to go to Minneapolis." He goes, "That's where it's cold." Yeah, I, I feel like. Um, Brock Lesnar, the big giant WWE guy, <laughs> and fucking there, and fucking in UFC fighter who yeah. like was scary to look at. Be like, you're either the most incredible natural specimen we've ever seen, or you're fucking roided to the tits, bro, like yeah. to the gills, like all the way up to the neck. Yeah. But uh, he's from Minnesota. He's like one of those savages where it's just like, yeah, we have a house out here. We have a plow for the front of the truck. Then we got a little four-wheeler to do the other pass and fucking with the little blade on front of that. And we plow our snow. And we go out in the fucking woods, man. And we ride fucking snowmobiles. Like my cousin, <laughs> yeah. the dude in lacrosse, he just retired out of the military. Great yeah. dude. He's like a man's man's man. You know, like kind of like my father, but American. You know, he didn't have an Irish accent. Yeah. But this guy's a fucking savage. So he would like snowmobile around. With that fucking cold air coming in, of course they wear masks and shit. Like, I got a real good one for that, too. Like, you won't even feel the cold, which is kind of crazy because that shit is burning cold. Right. And he'll put, like, he's like, oh, I put on, uh, you know, almost a 1,000 miles this season on the fucking snowmobile. Like, he, him shit. and the military dudes, they'll get together, and there's, like, miles and miles of trails up yeah, there. Yeah, there's some beautiful. We have a place where we vacation, yeah. and it used to be a railroad, but they shifted the railroad over, yeah, so and it's now just it's just, path. you can use it as snowmobile in winter, and then fucking Bike. in the summer, that's another thing they take really serious in my neck of the woods, because this place where we go is way north woods. Maybe I could have you up there someday. Worth the drive. It's like six, six and a half hours, depending on how, stop, how many stops you make, uh-huh. but fucking freshest area ever breathe in a beautiful place. Anyway... They ride around on, like, four-wheelers and dune buggies, like, for the 4th of July and shit. Like, everybody's out when, they, when there's a big holiday, Memorial Day. They're fucking 
ready to go. Like yeah. they they've been itching to get them fucking like dune buggies and shit out there, and they ride those trails. Yeah. And they, they have a good time, man. Um, they also shoot guns out there for fun, which is kind of cool, too. Yeah. Uh, and, but it's just in a backyard. It's right. not like you have to be in this enclosed area where everybody has their own lane and you all look forward and you don't ever. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. people drink some beer and they sit out in the yard and they fucking use a picnic table as, like, a sniper's little hoot so they can yeah. shoot a can of shit that explodes on a fucking Lazy Boy. That's what we do, man. I, I had I done that this last summer. It was so much fun. Yeah. Anyway. I want to go. Let's go. Dude, you should definitely come up there sometime. There's a lot of no, nice and old places to eat, and we go golfing in the woods, dude, and, like, the deer are walking on the golf course, and you're like, hey, little guy. Yeah. How you doing? Watch out. I don't want to hit you. <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, it's so nice. But um, I told you all that to tell you, um, don't really recall, just about the benefits of getting oh, about, out of town yeah, or just, what? Yeah, uh, vacations, little vacations where you just have to go out of town or you just got to go. Dude, and it's true, man. Like, I took, I took over, when, when I took over the bar, I didn't. I, I, my plan was to take a vacation at the beginning of the year. That didn't happen. Yeah. But dude, I took I took one Saturday night off. Yeah. I took one Saturday night off. And I we drove to um, Michigan, like right out of Detroit, right outside of Detroit. Sounds it's, nice. Took a little road trip, spent the night out there. Michigan has some nice places of vacation. Yeah, there. and it was like a little lake house. Dude, spent the night, chilled, came back, bro. Just that one, that one twenty four hours, really just helped out to just make you know relax and just you know i think there's benefit of doing it frequently though like if you if you only do it once in a while by that time you're so burnt out that like you need a longer vacation the problem is this studies have been done on how long it takes you to mentally adjust to being on vacation and they say that to be really comfortable you have to be there for about four days to you really feel like you're relaxed like you're on vacation so the short trips if you're going to do them It'll just give you that refresh where you're looking at a different surroundings. You're not listening to cars go by or any of the fucking loud-ass noise we got in the city. Like, we go out to a place in, um, that my, one of my lender friends turned me on to out in friggin' Geneva, Illinois. Okay. Not, not Wisconsin. Everybody's like, Wisconsin? No, not Wisconsin. There's a Geneva in Illinois. It's only about an hour outside of the city of Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, there's a very nice place there, which I'll tell you about more. I don't want to, like, give away the secret, but if you Google fucking Geneva, Illinois, you'll probably figure it out. Anyway... It's a great place. There's all these, like, there's a bike trail, like, that leads, like, you know, past the hotel, around the Fox River, and fucking every rest out there, down there is the bomb. They have, like, one of those little, like, main streets, like, in the smaller towns where it's, like, all the little mom and pop shops. You got, like, the fudge store. You got fucking little Italian restaurant tucked in there. Yeah, you can yeah. go get a little hot chocolate, go around with your friends. The type of shit that people from Naperville like to do. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like stuff this the... is that motherfucking type of place. Yeah, like in the Like movie. Dawson's Creek might have been filmed there back in the day or some shit. <laughs> like, da, 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 Little towns out of the movies. Yeah, that's how it is. But like, the, the thing that sucks is to really, really unwind, you would need a longer trip. But we can't do that, dude. Like, dude, a last, week, two weeks is the most I feel you can do in a, in this job. The last long trip I took, I went to um, I went to Thailand. That's a long trip, dude, right? Dude, and I, I went for like three weeks. But I'll tell you what, that was probably the best relaxing vacation I've had in, that, that I could remember. Thailand? Thailand. Dude. Did you go with Freddie and them? So I we went with Freddie. So so was it just like rock guys or what? No. So it was me. It was my buddy Jose. Yeah. Me, Sal Salvador. God bless Rodriguez. Sal. Love love him. Yeah, Sal. Shout out Sal. Um, Tony Escareño came with us. Okay, the birthday boy was out. Yeah, there. he was. So when did you guys get back? So dude, we went we went in 2019 right after the rock party. Oh, right I thought because no, Freddie was just there again last week. You weren't with him on that one. No, no, this was no, this is no. I I wish I was there, I, dude. If I was there, okay. If, I if thought I was this there, was like I thought you just went lack. I'm like, when oh, did no, you get back? Dude? This was in 2019, 
pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And we went. You guys, Eddie does it like every year, right? Yes, and we ended up going to. Uh, we went. We were in China when when uh, when everything was popping off. What so, with the COVID? Yeah. So when we went, we went, we went, we went to Thailand for three, God damn, three, dude, for three weeks. You were in the lion's den, son. Yeah, dude. I'll tell you what. I don't recommend China. Sorry, dude, I sorry, I China. I don't care if I ever go there, bro. Sorry, China. The, it, bro, it don't was, apologize to China. It was in, it was not good, bro. Like so, we went to Thailand. We went to Thailand. We had a great time. When we had so in Thailand, it's you know it's it's tropical and everything else. So we're leaving. We're leaving. We're leaving Thailand, right? We're in shorts. We're in shorts. Little sweater. You know what I mean, whatever, because we're like Sounds you know nice. the, the, the it's gonna be cold on the plane. Right. So we fly from Thailand, and we we had all got an extended layover in in. Fucking, I don't even remember where it was. In, it was in China. It was um, it was in Hong Kong. It was Shanghai, Shanghai I think. Shanghai, China. We land, right, bro? Yeah. We land there. It's fucking cold, dude. It's like their winter. We're in shorts and jackets, oh, and we're shit. like, what the fuck, man? Like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, freezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what we, had, what we had done is we had all our luggage with us. We had left it in a locker in the airport. So we only had like our, our like a backpack full uh, for clothes because we were only staying there for twenty four hours or forty eight hours, yeah. or, or thirty six hours. Yeah. So basically, the whole day, one night, and then a whole day, and then um, so we get outside, get to you know like in the in the they had like a little taxi terminal thing. Yeah. We go to a thing. We're like, hey, we didn't book rooms or anything. We're like, where where should we go? The lady's like, oh, um, go here, go here. And she goes, calls the guy, because they don't speak English over there, bro. Like, it's hard to find people who speak English. Hey, dude, what kind of feeling is that? Like, when I go to Mexico with my Mexican friends, I have a translator. I have a tour guide. But when you go to China, did anybody in that fucking group speak Mandarin? Bro, no. So, like, I I always, I liked, I, when I when I used to travel a lot, I always wanted to go somewhere where I felt, where I felt, like that, where I, 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 like, I fell out of place. I wanted to feel out of place. And I think it's hard for someone from Chicago to go anywhere in the world and feel out of place because you see so many different nationalities and different foods and everything yeah, else. Yeah. So you kind of, like, you never feel like that. I, I feel like people from Chicago probably don't feel like that. Or, I mean, or from big cities. It's hard. I remember I got to Vietnam once, and there it was, like, nobody spoke English. Like, to a part where we got to. Yeah. Where everybody was like the the lady at the hotel was like hold on and she got some girl that spoke a little bit of English and she told us look she goes no one speaks English here you know you just gotta point at stuff and um here's don't lose the card don't lose the card so you know the address how to get back there yeah somebody like, like bicycles you over to the hotel <laughs> and then, yeah uh, we go to a local restaurant okay and then you fucking bicycle over there yeah so she's like don't lose this card she goes wherever you get in a taxi just point in it and they'll know where to, to bring take you back. you yeah, yeah where to bring so you everybody back. should have a copy of that card i hope it wasn't scarce like in vietnam like we only have one <laughs> well, so you guys if you have if you have those magic photo things that people take pictures like yeah use that yeah. so you, you, everybody has a and copy then back then the fucking the cat the, the phones this is like this was in this was 10 years ago so fo- the phones were crappy i mean the the phone yeah the, yeah so like well wait a second well, 10 years ago think about it, 10 i thought years. you said 2019 no no so this is this was another trip yeah. but back to the 2019 trip we go to thailand we we get back to we we go to china dude china's i mean it's a, it's ginormous like shanghai yeah i can imagine they fucking you're driving like let's say you're driving from like o'hare to to here yeah like you're just driving and driving and you just see like like 100 miles between the airport and downtown shanghai or something like damn dude. yeah dude and then from the whole way there like it's just like all these like um like housing complexes it's a weird it's a it's a weird place maybe because we went in the winter too maybe in the summer it looks nicer 
but it just looked cold. And I remember we got there. They drop us off at some hotel, and they drop us off. And the people there are rude, bro. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't fucking like, they don't like anybody. They don't, they don't like Chinese people, and they don't like Americans? <laughs> Hell no. We get to the hotel. We get to this hotel. So what ended up happening is we went on an app and got rooms somewhere else. We didn't get rooms at the hotel where that lady sent us to. So we're trying to tell the driver, we're like, hey, take us here instead. Take us here instead. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He drops us off in the front of this hotel. And then we're like, hey, this isn't the hotel. And he fucking gets out of the car, bro, grabs our shit, just starts throwing it out. He's like, get out, get out. And we're like, bro, like, for real? He's like, get out. He's like, you never dealt with somebody who did that before. I, is that common in China? Bro, like, they, they give no like, shit. Like, hey, I'm Chinese and you're Chinese, but I'm going to take your luggage and just fucking toss it on the, on the sidewalk. Get the fuck out of here. Like, why is that an acceptable way to deal with anybody? Bro, they give no shit over there. I'm telling you. They throw our stuff out. We're like, what the fuck? So we're and then the 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 like the bellboys or whatever you want to call them the the door guys yeah. they're looking at us and we're like hey like uh, you know how do, how do we get here and then they're like they're looking at us like oh no like they're saying chingay to madre in Mandarin <laughs> yeah yeah like you don't know what they're saying but guy so then they're like go this way go this way and then one of the guys starts walking he's like to follow him we're like all right maybe we're just gonna walk around the building walk around to it and he like takes us to an alley he's like. All that, like, just walk away. So it was probably basically kicking us out. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're gonna get like abducted by people who steal your organs, bro. Yeah, bro. So I was. You're in an alley. You're like, what? It's like, I just sent them out there. <laughs> so we go, we walk down the alley. We go up. We go up to something, and it's like a river walk. And we're like, what the fuck? Like, now we're, we're like lost what? in Shanghai. Yeah, fuck. like they make movies about that shit. What are we supposed to go? <laughs> and if you do the wrong thing, you might get thrown in jail. Son, you bro, can't get out of there. You don't uh, have a lawyer over there in China. You're fucked, <laughs> dude. I think so. It's it's four it's four Mexican guys, bro. In fucking and short, you guys are strong, bro. In, in, in short, in shorts, with Freezing fucking flip flops, with fucking little with little jackets. Did you on. take out your fucking clo- your warm clothes you had uh, with you, right? Well, no, because we didn't we didn't plan for it to be cold. We were like, for some dude, you got to go to the store immediately and buy some of those we're fucking, fucking we were clothes, bro. Man. Go I, to the wall, whatever the Chinese equivalent of Walmart is. Go there. I don't think and they had get it. Bro. Some pants and a motherfucking jacket, dog. dude. So we're like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then the all these, all these Chinese people are looking at us and like. Talking shit to her, fucking pointing at us like, look at these idiots, fucking assholes, straight off the fucking plane. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And then like we, we tell this one guy, we're like, hey man, like we're like, how do we get here? How do we get here? He looks at us. And he looks. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, he points that way, and it's like across the river. Like it was a big ass like, river. Where do they keep on sending us to? Yeah, and we're like, bro. every place you get to, you go to the next one. Yeah, and we're like, oh, man, fuck dude, this. I wouldn't. That sounds like a bad experience, man. I wouldn't want to go through that shit. That was bro. Fun. It gets better. So I we mean, we up, would make it through, but I'd have to be doing my yoga breaths like crazy. Oh, Oh yeah! Like Lord God, please let these Chinese motherfuckers help me. You know what I mean? Like, stop sending me to further places. We you go know? back to the lobby of the hotel. I think we called a taxi, and then uh, or no, we didn't call a taxi. I think I don't know how the hell we got the, that car. But anyways, they took us. They took a financial hotel. We get to the hotel. There's some British lady there that's working at the desk. She helps us out. Yeah. Cool. Hello. Yeah. What's your names? Can I take your reservation? And you're all like. Finally, someone thank like, you, God. Yeah, dude, we, we, we go up to our room, we change, we put on something warmer. We're like, fuck this place, man. Like, this is crazy. Fuck. We're like, I'd right, be man. walking around with fucking their blankets wrapped around me. Like, those oh. aren't clothes. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. I'm cold as fuck. And we're like, dude, let's go get something to eat. Like, we're we're about to eat the f- the f- the most fire Chinese food ever. You know what I mean, like, because we're in fucking Please China. Please tell me that dream came true. Like, did it was actually fire, or did you get some bullshit Bro, ass food? Wait. Okay. So we fucking go downstairs. We tell the guy, we're like, hey, man, like, you know, food. Like, 
want food. Comida. So he's like, he's like, bet, bet. He's like, you get in this fucking taxi, right? We're fucking going down. Another one, Jesus. Where are you gonna take? Yeah. So he's taking us, bro. So I don't know. I don't know if you ever watched this episode. It's it's with Anthony Anthony Bourdain, where he goes to. I haven't seen any of his stuff. I have to check it out, bro. You have to check it out. So in that episode, when he goes to Shanghai, they start telling about how you know because they're communists and everything. The government wants wants to make that into a modern modern city, so they don't anything that's traditional. They don't want it there. So they were talking about how like the street markets, like all the traditional food, they were getting rid of it. So basically, bro, they did that. So we're all driving around the city. It looked like you were in Chicago. The only reason, the only thing you could tell is because it was all in their language. You know what I mean, like all the signs. Yeah. They take us to some place. It looks like we're in Oak Brook Mall, yeah. and we're like, "What the fuck?" And then he's like, "Yeah, go." There. He's just like pointing. We're like, "Food." And he's like, "No, nah, yeah, just go in there." Dude, they took us to the. They took us like I guess like their their fancy mall. Yeah. And it was the food court, and it's all like Italian food and like like hamburgers and all this other stuff. Good quality or like fast food shit. Like good, like restaurant, like sit down, sit down restaurant. Okay. But bro, I'm not gonna go to China to fucking eat Italian food or tacos. You know what I mean? Like I want some yeah. fucking. Is Mario and Luigi back there? <laughs> yeah, nah, I don't know. Yeah, never so... mind. I'll wait till I'm back in Italy or America. Or yeah, so I was like, bro. So we're like, nah, nah. We want. So the guys like, oh, this is what we have. You know, like they were they were proud of it. We're like, no, like we don't want this. Like, so we're like trying to Google stuff. Like, bro, like why don't fry rice? Like, go fuck some egg rolls or something. They sent us down like all this way, like down, down to like the basement food court, and that's yeah, where you gotta go like sub level. You're like four city below the ground and the fucking yeah, world. and that's where we found like Asian food. And dude, like at the end of the day, we ended up having ramen. It was probably some of the best ramen I've ever had. But yeah, we were like, what the fuck, man? Like I thought we were gonna have a fucking crazy experience with it, dude. We end up getting locked into the fucking mall. Cause they closed it, so they don't check for people in there, bro. It was weird as fuck. Then we're walking, we're walking through the. Can you imagine trying to explain it to like a fucking Asian security guard? Yeah, like, what are you doing here? And he's saying in Mandarin, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And you're Dude, like, I'm here in peace. Like, we're walking please. through like the back. We're walking. Escort through. me out to the door outside. Yeah, so we're trying to get <laughs> out of it. There? We're walking like through the back halls. We're walking through the thing. Like people are like the guys are, are are waxing the floor. They're looking at us. Like what the <laughs> fuck are these guys? Who the fuck are these guys? And we're all like, hey man, like how, like how do we get out of here? And they, they have no idea what we're saying. You're gonna have to get fucking always oh, translate to English to Spanish or uh, to uh, Mandarin. You know what? So that's what we did. But you're that, underground, so your signal must have been dog shit. Your phone's working because so you're in did, fucking China. So we did do that. And you know, uh, props to. to uh, was Tony with us? I think his carino was. I don't know if he might have been on a different flight and met you there or some shit. I think so, bro. It was bad, like to the point where Freddie Freddie was supposed to meet us there because his yeah. flight was later. We told Freddie, "Don't leave the airport, like don't leave the airport because you're by yourself, bro. You're gonna get lost in Shanghai. We're not gonna find you. Like this is a fucking, this is just some other shit right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys gotta stick together. Like blues, <laughs> yeah, <huh? laughs> yeah. So we end up we end up finally getting out of there. We get a taxi, bro. We're like, bro, let's go back to the hotel. Let's. We're fucking. We need to get some sleep. We're not getting stuck in the city. Like, we need to get up early, make sure we get to the airport on time. And yeah, bro. Like, I was like, fuck this. Like, I won't come back. Like, the only place I may will go back to China is in um, what is it called? Uh, Beijing. No, not Beijing. It's the it's the Las Vegas of. Oh, there's a place where there's a lot of gambling. Yeah, man. I have no fucking idea. I'm gonna bro. tell you right now because it's gonna bother the shit out of me. Well, but, while you're looking that up, um. I wouldn't want to go to China, man. Don't like, go, bro. No, I, but another thing is, like, every once in a while you hear these people, 
you know, oh, this guy was in North Korea and he was like backpacking and they got him. They took him away and he, now he's in a hard labor camp and you've got to send ex-presidents and fucking NBA players to go over there to get this guy back. Like, I don't get those people. I was like, are you all the way dumb? Like, if, are you at destination dumb? Like, you've arrived in this place. It's dumb. And you're just going to go there? It's like, you know fucking damn well what's going to happen to you if you get caught over there. Yeah. Or one of these motherfuckers recently, I think in the last year, the story was about that couple that went over there to, like, ISIS land and got fucking killed. Because, like, these people aren't that bad. We can coexist with them. And literally got murked by the motherfucking Taliban or ISIS or some shit. Yeah. Like, anyway, my point is just... If you asked me a year ago, I said, I feel 100% safe here. But then, like, this whole fucking corona shit happened, right? Or two years ago, however long it's been. It's, I don't know. My sense of time is off. I don't know if it feels like it's been forever or it's not by really it's quick. It's uh, 2002, so it's it's uh, 2020 part two. Like, it just seems like after 2020, well, it's just... I, over there, I would never want to go over there. I felt safe here, but now I'm kind of like, hey, are we all being, like, forced into having this vaccine that's not even fully approved yet? And yeah. we're not even... We're downplaying the side effects, and you're not even letting people take other kinds of treatment that we know work, like monoclonal antibodies pretty fucking scary time but anyway uh, we'll get back into that in a minute but um with china like i would just feel like dude their own citizens get like put into camps and shit over there there's obvious hu human rights abuses going on in china and everybody's kind of like oh well we're not gonna say anything now even though we just got the fucking covid came out of probably their lab there in wuhan right yeah like come on somebody give me another explanation and it's not you know that's not as reasonable as that one like right because or it's more reasonable than that one because that whatever anyway um, I wouldn't. If, I feel like if you say the wrong thing, or if you get caught googling the wrong shit, or you're saying something bad about them while you're there, well, can was... you imagine them tracing your fucking IP address to your phone, and you just have like five fucking Chinese guard or police officers fucking throwing you on a paddy wagon? You have no rights there, man. You have no fucking rights. Well, that was another like, thing. I would be scared to. I, I feel vulnerable. I'll stay here and fucking die in America. I don't care about ever going to a place like that you know what so, I mean I forgot which apps some of our apps didn't work just over the there. risk that you might not ever get out of there dude if you do the wrong fucking thing yeah you know? some of our apps didn't work when we were there I forgot which ones it was I want to say Facebook might not work yeah I don't think so and their TikTok is different than the one they have here yeah. they show all like educational videos and they're like ah oh, you can't have it past 11 you only get one hour a day they have a timer on them here it's like hey look what I trained my dog to do watch this 50 million times from different people you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean like they got the dumbed down version of it and fucking people eat it up. And over there, like, I wouldn't want to get caught over there. They ban them. They don't have fucking Twitter there, I don't think. They have, like, a Chinese version of Twitter. Like you say, Facebook, I think, is banned. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck, you say the wrong thing on any of their shit, or are they listening to you on your fucking phone or something? Probably not doing that. But, I mean, maybe. We give them all our information voluntarily on TikTok anyway, because China, that's their app. Yeah. That's a Chinese app. Yeah. Anyway, whatever, man. I, I wouldn't want to get... I'm just saying I wouldn't want to get fucking in trouble over there because I'd be worried that I'd have no rights and that you don't really have lawyers like they do here and you probably... You could end up getting railroaded and maybe not getting back. Like, oh, for ever. sure. People disappear over their own citizens disappear and then they come back three months later like, oh, I got better things to say about the government, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to fall out of a skyscraper window. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's called Macau. Macau's the city. Macau. Macau. And it's, so it's an island right off of, out, right outside of Hong Kong. And it's like... the it's They say it's like four or five times bigger than, than Las Vegas. Yeah. So that, That's huge. I, I can't imagine that much fucking gambling going on in one place because Vegas is, they basically, you can land an airplane like right there and then you just go gamble like dude, a that motherfucker. Whole, that whole island, huge, that, right? That whole island, that's what it is. It has like the world's biggest casino. Like It's crazy. I would go there, but honestly, after all the stuff that happened in Hong Kong, with all the protests and everything. What they're getting cracked out on? Yeah, so I don't even think, I don't even know if Macau's even going to be Macau anymore. 
because that because so you know Hong Kong wasn't part of it's part of China but it, it's governed by itself well yeah they try to be an independent yeah nation, independent which China doesn't like yeah so like that's why they have all those problems and Macau is part of same that same thing with Taiwan yeah Tibet yeah so <coughs> but yeah bro don't go to China though. go to Thailand Thailand's Thailand's beautiful well um, I'll try to get to Thailand one day. I, I don't know if I'll make it there. What I want to do is with you guys maybe go down to Mexico one day or go to Costa Rica or some fucking thing, but we'll figure that out another time. Um, I was supposed to go to visit my cousin, that dude in Wisconsin, retired the military, and I was just going to go for like four or five days, like leave Thursday and come back like Tuesday or some shit. And yeah. I would be working while I'm there during business hours um, right. for the most part, or maybe I would do like a half day, but I didn't get to do that. And my cousin is actually... He's running a hundred, um, a hundred kilometer uh, race. I think he just ran it yesterday, I believe. So I gotta reach out to him and say hello. But shout out to my cousin Steve for being a motherfucking savage at like fifty years old, running a hundred k. That's sixty miles. Oh wow! Yeah. Holy shit! And he went down to Texas to do it. So he was training in Wisconsin, and he met up with a fellow former service member. And they bonded, and my cousin needed that. I think he needed, like, a passion project. And yeah. So they started running together, and they were keeping each other, like, two fucking military buddies, like David Goggins and fucking Jocko Willink or something, <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah. keeping each other fucking accountable, you know? Yeah. Stay hard. And, like, they've been running like crazy in the cold and, like, not just fucking flat terrain. I think they were doing, like, hill sprints and shit and, like, all that shit around there. And I'm like, you guys are savage. He was telling me the elevation levels he was at. I'm like, elevation? I'm like, motherfucker. I can barely run tw- 20 minutes right now on a regular treadmill at no elevation. Yeah, like, yeah. Only a fraction of the speed you're going. And he has two torn ACLs. Oh, shit. He's he's a glutton for punishment because when I had my ACL torn, the doctor said, you want to get it fixed because I know you might want to. Like, it's, a, it's a pain in the ass surgery. He says, but if you don't have it done, he says, all the other tendons get worn down in the ligaments because they have to compensate for the lack of stability mm. or they, they have to now compensate for the fact that you have no C- ACL. Yeah, yeah. He's like, that puts a strain. He's like, eventually you're going to blow your whole fucking knee out, so you really want to get them repaired. Oh, Somehow, my cousin, between Iraq and Afghanistan, had fucking fully ruptured ACLs on both his legs and still runs and shit. His legs are just very strong. Holy cow. But shout out to him. I got to reach out to him. But I wanted to go visit him. Didn't get that in. Mostly because I was planning for the Southwest Realty Board holiday party, uh, which is okay. next. It was before it was canceled due to COVID concerns. Um, was next Friday, the fourteenth. So I started an Eventbrite for it, and I didn't make an event, but I posted it a little bit. But I don't. If if anybody bought tickets, I'll just refund their money or whatever. But I have to now announce. I announced it to the members who are already members of the Southwest Realty Board, but now I have to announce it to like anybody I mention it to on Facebook and shit and post it. Yeah. And whatever. But um, in any event, um, you know, I, that, I didn't take that vacation or vacation. I don't really get a vacation. I work from different locations. Right. But um, I was supposed to go visit them, and I didn't get it in. So I think maybe more like February now because of that party. I'm like, let me get that out of the way. And I got like a fucking doctor's appointment at the end of January. I'm like, I'll just do it like early February, go visit them for a few days. Well, like, dude, 2020, I, that's what I did. 2020, I uh, my sister lives in Mexico. And I went there twice, and I just worked from over there. You know, they have they have strong Wi-Fi, and I would just and I had the phone. I had the phone with me, and yeah, I don't want to like yeah th- let people think I'm annoying them or or I miss something or I'm not responsible because right. I didn't fucking you know work while I was there. So I usually do now until my staff gets good enough. Until Matt starts working here, then maybe I can have like a vacation where I don't answer my shit. Yeah. But, so they'll, they'll come, I guess. Maybe vacations. Just gotta I, hustle right now. 
I told you about the real estate bro, uh, bowling battle. So did I already mention that on here, or did we talk about that before? We talked about it before. So although our holiday party was canceled, canceled for Southwest Realty Board, um, we are planning some events. So I mentioned to you earlier we're talking about doing a real estate bowling battle. Okay, okay. And so we're planning on doing, like, near the end of March, and it's mostly – I mean, there's probably going to be more realtors than anybody else because, you know – there's a lot of brokerages and then you know we have our insurance you have your insurance office i have my law office and whatever anyway um we're going to try to do that just a little fun competition and bring people over here to the south side support the local business probably could use a business at this time and just have a little fun competition it's not about you know whatever it's about everybody bring your own team like uh, we talked about with realty chicago they have like the south side office they have the north side office you know pilsen berwin uh, romeoville you know everybody if they want to have their own team that just fills more spots and you know gives them like you know maybe a better chance of one of their teams winning or whatever right so whoever wants to go we're going to try to get as many of our friends out there as possible get some sponsors stuff like that so we're planning for that at the end of march and um then i mentioned in the fall in that area um we don't have an exact date yet for the fall but um we're looking for you know um early fall or late summer yeah yeah to do a real big ball okay on uh, the south side over here so nice we um we have a few people um and i think you included who know the owner of pescadon yeah 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 so we're planning on that as a location and then uh having the after party at your very own studio 63 yes so. for sure I'll, I'll be ready I'll it's go to the be ball. big, man. I'll go to the ball for sure, though. Well, yeah, it's be right there the and then have, you know, George and everybody else kind of running things until we all go over there. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we were thinking it'll probably be maybe till 11 or midnight, and then if you have a 2 a.m. license, we could literally have, like, one or two nightcaps at studio and then just call it a night or whatever. But uh, it'd be a cool way to get everybody out and then get them over there, too. Like, I think if if we do this, this ball properly, because there's the, the cool thing about this ball is it's going to appeal to both the, you know, previous generation of realtors plus the current one so it's going to be like something for everybody and it's going to be fucking dope yeah but um in any event we are going to be doing that one in the fall and uh you know i i'm i'm thinking it's gonna be real good and if it is we might literally fill that place with just the people we got so i don't know if you want to maybe even keep it private at night like depending on how many tickets we sell in advance right or how many people are there like they might be like 100 people 200 people walking across the street just from our event oh, wow. maybe right i don't know mm-hmm. if we had that Pescadon holds a thousand people, so yeah, no, it's if we place. had a few hundred, you know, this is our first year doing it. But I think a lot of people, and I'm going to tell people, spread the word like crazy about this. But I, I have a lot of reason to believe, and I'll tell you on another time. Um, there's going to be interest for sure. So yeah, um, that would be so cool. And then go try to get a big old crowd over there because, like, let's say it holds a thousand, maybe in our first year we have you know 300 people, or you know, if we're you know whatever, maybe more, maybe less. I think um, by that time, man, hopefully. God willing, COVID's you know not 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 an issue as much as it is now, and you know people people are gonna want to still go out, man. Like I feel like this year, I mean not this year but last year, people started coming on everything else. I think right now it's just where people are getting sick, the weather, and all this other stuff, and you know people are a little bit a little bit more cautious again. But I feel after this winter, it's coming into the summer, I think you'll, we'll start seeing a lot of people out on the streets again. Just yeah, hope so. Um... You know, there there are rising numbers now, or you know, they're always. I feel like they emphasize that so much about the rising numbers. It, it, at this point, you know, people are t- 
tired and it's been a long time, but they're, it's scary, man. It makes them afraid. You know, people talk with fear in their voice, like the numbers are rising. I don't want to bring this home to my grandma or grandpa, or I don't want to, you know, my kid getting sick. And then, you know, do you take the vaccine? There's a lot of tough, heavy questions that people have to weigh um, now, you know, and there's been a lot of misinformation that's been fed to us, you know, this bullshit for, you know, almost two years, right? So it's, um, you know, still no real concrete answers. People aren't getting the treatment they need early because, you know, the vaccines aren't treatment. When you when you get COVID and you go into the hospital, they're not going to give you the vaccine as a form of treatment. That's something that's supposed to prevent it, which it doesn't do that. And also you can spread it to other people when you're vaccinated as well. So it's like that, you know, the whole thing about people being forced to do it, I really should be feel it should be an individual choice. I mean, I'm a civil libertarian like crazy anyway, but for this, it's just a no-brainer for me. It's like let people decide that. Why? Yeah. We don't need, I think, the government acting as like a – you know, a parent, you know? Yeah, like a police force on it. Or, yeah, police. More That's like a better term. And, you know, that's a challenge. Um, but I think, I mean, like you say, the, the warm weather should be better, you know? And I'm looking forward to doing more shit. Like, one of the things I started doing in the new year is that I'm blocking time. So this two-day weekend is not enough for for me, right? Like, sometimes I'll tell people I want, I'm going to work over the weekend, and sometimes I get to it, and sometimes I don't. And then I kind of feel bad. I'm like, oh, I told them I'll do it. It's like, but, dude, I have a life, man. Like, just... Just on a Saturday. Like, let's say I leave the crib on a Saturday. Yeah. I go out. I friggin' I sit there before I leave or whatever, and I'll friggin' write out my checks and put a deposit slip for different accounts or whatever I got, and I go over to the bank. If I'm lucky that they're not shut down because they have, like, a COVID outbreak at their fucking bank or something or they're doing deep cleaning or whatever, I can go in there and cash them. So that's, like, you know, like a half hour or something, right? Whatever. So there's a half hour. Then maybe I'll shoot over to dry cleaners. Oh, I got to drop this shit off, and maybe I got to get some measurements, and then I got to fucking, or I pick some up shit up too. And I'm lucky half the time with everything that's going on, I don't walk out with the shit that I already paid for. Yeah. And they're like, they, sometimes they have to call me, hey, hey, come back. Like, don't forget your shit. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, you're right. And I would have realized it by the time I got to the car. Maybe. I don't know. But um, so there you go. And then you go get a haircut. It's like Saturday's gone, right? If you need to go to fucking Menards just to grab some shit, and you're going to suck. Oh, yeah, you know, we'll go 20 minutes. Like, you no. really think you're going to leave? get there within 20 minutes and do everything you need to do all within 20 minutes like let's be honest a trip to menards is like a good hour hour and a half depending on how well you manage your time you could spend two three hours in that motherfucker. oh yeah for sure my grandfather my grandfather you're having a vision you're looking at all the parts like oh i could have that garage door yeah that would look good on the house that's what my grandfather used to like to do he used to just go to menards all day and just walk around and just look at stuff and i remember um when i used to be off during the week when i used to work and uh He'd be like, want to take me to Menards? Or I'm like, well, you want to go to Menards? He's like, yeah, I'll go to Menards. And he would go with me, and I would go buy whatever I had to buy, look at whatever I want to look. And I already knew where to go find them. Like, he would be at certain sections, certain tools that he just wanted to stare at. And, you know, he always look at windows. That was his thing. He's like, oh, I'm going to put a win- I'm gonna put a new window in the house. And I think he, like, he could have probably just had someone come and replace all the windows in the house. But he's retired, you know, he's old. Get, you know. Wanted a project? Yeah, so was he, he able to do it right or what? Yeah, he did it. He did. He did. Was it right. why was that? He, what he did was he a carpenter or something? No, he used to work for the railroad. Oh, but he just knew how to do shit. Or yeah, he was just this was before YouTube videos. That's yeah, a real this, G these are old school, bro. Dude, he has a he has he still has he has a garage and he has like this big like closet that he made, and he has it full of fucking power tools, and he never uses them, and he'll fucking he has to do something and he'll take out the a fucking handsaw, a hammer, nails, and everything else. I remember he would be like, hey, I need you to help me with something, or we need to do this. I'd be like, all right, I'll help you out. And he would take out the handsaw and the hammer, and I'm like, bro, I'm like, we have a whole, you have a whole fucking chest You have, like, a power. Terminator, like, Judgment Day 
fucking stash of power tools in the, yeah. in the garage. Use like, that shit. Like, yeah, you have I'm something like, to do this in two seconds. You're going to sit here and fucking... I'm like, where's that? He's like, we don't need that for this project. <laughs> like, I'm like, what the fuck project are you going to do? This guy has a nuclear arsenal of fucking power tools. Yeah. That's funny, man. That's weird. Like, he's old school, bro. Like, I mean, like, effort. It, it was frustrating, but now I respect it. You know, like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck it, let's use some hand tools. Well... I respect my guy uh, Richie you'll meet him one of these days too he's a real cool dude and he's another guy that's always got your back and he's one of those dudes that, that like the vast majority of the time he rolls and like you know he's got the pickup truck a big old fucking pickup truck Uh huh. and he has every tool that you would need to do most jobs like this motherfucker has like just about any kind of saw if you need something to put it on he's got these like little collapsible horses he sets up the job like, fucking, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean he's fucking bending pipe he's doing this that he's got every fucking tool he needs if he doesn't have it it's back at the house it's like either in the basement or the garage he's like I'm gonna go have a couple cigarettes grab a coffee and then I'm gonna come back and with this fucking like generator that I can run outside and use this tool or whatever you know what I mean like I love having those motherfuckers around my dad's like that my dad if I need something I'll be like call him I'm like hey man I need this or I need a drill or I need um Randy, this or hey, how do I how do I do? Oh, he goes. Shout out to Richie Paula. Oh no, uh, yeah. But he, yeah, yeah, yeah. All these tools. Oh yeah, but yeah, I have that. My boy, my boy Fariel. Um, he's another guy. He helped me out at the bar the other day. I was like, bro, I think I have to fucking replace this toilet because of this and that. He's like, let me go look at it, man. Fucking goes into his bag of tools, brings his bag of tools, to, comes out with some fucking like some prior some pliers, some like plumber pliers or whatever. He's tightens it up he's like that's it bro it's done I was like shut the fuck up I'm like dude I was gonna get a plumber to fucking do what you just did he's like yeah I, I fixed it and that was it like he literally just had to tighten some stuff that was behind there cause they're they're not regular toilets they're pressurized toilets or whatever so, they so run, your shit doesn't get clogged up as much yeah what? so they run different so yeah so I didn't know how the fuck to fuck <laughs> around with it dude so I was just like but yeah he's another one of those guys they always have tools they have tools for everything bro well you dude, I, I respect guys, that though. well you do yeah. because like you don't want to like run to Menards every time you need some shit. Like some of these dudes, they're like, "I'll just be right back." It's at the house, or it's at the like, you know, you got the electricians next door. They got supplies and shit here. There's like, I just got to go back to the fucking headquarters and I'll be back. And then it gives them a chance to decompress from their work. Like we need that shit a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? That's why I go feed Zuzu. <laughs> yeah. That's why I go feed Zeus during the daytime. Fucking get my mind off of that shit, off the computer screen or whatever. Like these generations of kids coming up are going to be nearsighted as a motherfucker because they just do this shit bro not from, even like, that anymore have like you seen four. the o- have you seen the oculus they're just wearing it walking around like yeah. fucking virtual reality have you, have you tried fucking children of the corn have, have you for tr- real dog <laughs> have you that's tried what's it? going on no man oh my god like bro. do you just stand in one place it's and like mind, in your house or it's mind blowing bro i don't think i want to do it dude i feel like plugged in the matrix i smoke too much weed for that shit bro, bro. i can't be getting into that shit i'm telling you the oculus is a future bro like dude you're not gonna have people le- like like they say that COVID, what COVID did was it, um, we were technology wise, we were going to be here. Like the way we use technology today, we were going to be at this point in time, five, 10 years from now. But what happened was because of COVID and everything else, it, 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 um, it fast forwarded that. And now we're using technology, the, we're using it the way that we, we would probably, if, if we didn't have the pandemic, we would have probably used it later on. But we were kind of forced to use it that way. I mean, like, this is simple shit, but if you think about it, like, we never used it. Like, DocuSign's a big one. Like, dude, how many times would you really use DocuSign back in the day? I mean, like, it was... And yet now I do most shit by most, Yeah, DocuSign. Sign this contract, sign this addendum, sign this fucking thing. Dude, the cameras on your, on the like, the conference call, the conference meetings, Zoom meetings, all that other stuff. I never, I never, 
I never did that shit. Maybe once. Maybe. And the crazy part is Elon Musk is talking about this thing called Neuralink. Have you heard about this? Yeah, where you put the chip in your head or whatever. Yes, and then you're basically connected to the fucking Matrix. Like, yeah. you have Google in your head. It's an unfair advantage. And then you can talk to each other without words, I think. It's just like doing like the basically, oops, Do it. bang my microphone. Say, fucking bang. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, to be talking without like having to say it, like the computer's in there now. I don't think I'm comfortable with that. Like, this is good enough for me. The fucking cell phone, okay. I hold it in my hand. I don't want it. I can throw it out the window when I'm doing 90. Like, I, I can get rid of it. The fucking computer, I can shut that off. I can do the same shit. But when it's in your head, dude, like, when you fuck, hear- they already put ads for shit that I've only thought about. You know what I mean? They're already doing that. Yeah. I don't need the chip in there. In there, right? Dude, when, when you hear that guy talk and the way he says stuff, you're like, what? Like, he's just fucking mind-blowing, dude. Like he says, like we're part of Android already because we already have literally this attached to our bodies all the time. You know what I mean? So this is another extension. Like this is we're already fucking. I feel like I have more power over it though because it's. And I agree with you what I'm saying because this shit here, yeah, is fucking drugs, but it doesn't have a warning label on it. No, yeah, you you doesn't fucking, have a warning label on it. Dude, what, like when you don't have it with you, you're like fuck, like, man. Well, I do get anxiety sometimes. Yeah, if I leave the house yeah. in the morning and it's not there. I know that no matter what else, before I go to the meeting or the office or the fucking closing, I got to go back home and get my phone. Yeah. Because it's unacceptable for me as a professional to not have it. Yeah. Because people are like, you didn't respond to me by 11? And when I texted you at 9, I'm like, chill out, bitch. Like, it's... I'll call you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had a closing tool. I just got out at 11. Like, let's talk. When I first... You know, you don't want to freak out. You got to have your phone on you. Yeah. When I first started the when I first started the insurance brokerage, I had I had a landline. And uh, and Eddie Garcia was like, bro, he's like, you still have landlines? And then I go, yeah. He's like, bro, he's like, get another cell phone for your business. I'm like, no. I'm like, you need a landline. He's like, nah, bro. He goes, get a cell phone. He goes, that way you could always answer it. You know what I mean? But he's, he's a realtor. And realtors, you know, they get calls... You know, all the time they gotta be on it because they they're could probably lose. on calls right now. It's eight o'clock. Yeah, for sure. Which is not I, too bad. Like this is early for them. They might be on calls at like eleven. Yeah, because like, you know I mean, open should house. you be sleeping, motherfucker? Like or getting ready to sleep at eleven? Yeah, you know I mean, like they get offers or you know, open houses, <laughs> shit like that. You know what I mean? So, but I was just like, nah, bro. Like I'm not gonna do it. And then you know, one day I was like, you know what, man? Fuck it. Like I got, I had my laptop and everything. You know what? Like he's right. I'm like, I don't need these landlines. I, I could just go mobile whenever I need it. And you know, and like, and when I'm at the office, I still have the phone on me. And I and I went and I got that. I got real landlines and I transferred that phone number into a into a cell phone. But yeah, now it's like I feel like I have to answer it all the time. You know what I mean, but that, I think that's a disservice. Well, in in certain businesses, I think it's a disservice because you you get your customers used to a to different hours instead of well they have higher hours. expectations and if you go back they don't let you go below that they no. feel like once they get it it's like you always have to be available yeah. at those times like I did that one time just because I didn't have time to talk to you on Friday that's the only reason I called you on yeah. Saturday like this is not going to be a, like let's spend our weekend on the phone together just talking business all weekend so for a while like I would call on uh, I would call they would call me like dude 8 o'clock 9 o'clock and I would answer it because I would be at the office working yeah like, fuck it let's see what they want but then I noticed people wouldn't call during the day anymore they would call they wouldn't at call their convenience, day. when they're off of work, they yeah. wouldn't take the time when it was, I'm working now, you're working now, one of us has to give, right? Can yeah. You get, could you take your little, could you take a break or on your lunch break, take a little time right. to just fucking, can we talk then? It's like, no, they'd rather call you at 8, 9 o'clock. Because, oh, I went home, fed the family, and now I want to talk to you. It's like, well, I did the same thing, and I want to watch Netflix or go to fucking bed or read a book or yeah, something. Or, like, or catch up on paperwork. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And, and yeah, so and like so, I stopped that. I stopped after a certain hour. I stopped answering the phone, and I wouldn't answer it. Or, 
Like, bro, there's some people at, at 7 in the morning, they're calling. I'm like, bro, come on. Like, there's no I haven't other, even showered yet, dog. There's no insurance know? office out here answering the call at 7 in the morning other than call centers. And they're but not if there is, then just fucking go with them. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. like if, there's some, if there's some poor sucker out there, like, like earlier than 8 a.m. in the office, like, hello, good morning, <laughs> let's talk insurance. If there's that office out there, go with those cheery motherfuckers. You know That's what why, I mean? like, I, that's Steve from commercial, the Jake, the one where he's calling the guy, like, in the middle of the night. What are you wearing, Jake? State yeah, Farm. State Farm. Yeah, I'm like, bro, I'm like, fucking Jake. Now, now everybody expects expects everybody to, that works in insurance to, you know, answer yeah. at three in, three in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Hi, you reached like the insurance cocaine hotline because that's the only way I can stay awake. I'm just blasting it all night long. Like, yeah. let's talk insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, but, <laughs> they got these Wolf, Street, Wolf of Wall Street expectations. These motherfuckers. Yeah, technology's a motherfucker though. It yeah. makes it easier, but everybody expects more. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 man. This is uh, this is close enough. I don't need a fucking chip in my head, man. I don't like. And here, here's what I was thinking because you mentioned like getting rid of landlines. We did have landlines. There was a great setup for a while, and we just really haven't been using them because when COVID hit, one of the girls would take the phone home, and all the calls that were for the landlines would just get forwarded to our cell phone. Um, but now, like one of my assistants, she was like you know helping me out and like texting from her personal phone but it's like no longer a personal phone anymore because it's now become a business phone so what i'm probably going to do is just get another cell phone for the firm get rid of the landlines and just that's going to be how that goes yeah it works because the the cell phones i don't mind if they leave them here like when we're not in business hours we have our auto email thing up and you know like i work over the weekend so like some of my my clients or my realtors i'll chat with them on the weekend if you know I'm, i'm sometimes i can answer their question just while I'm driving. If it's something more serious where I need to do, like, paperwork or something, I'll take a note down and, you know, do it at the office later or whatever. Anyway, I'm available, but my staff, like, they have lives that they need to focus on outside of this, and, like, it's my business. They don't, you know, you don't, it's not the same for them. Like, right. they need to go home and get away from this. So, like, I'm not paying them to work over the weekend. But they get messages and shit, and it's just the phone's here, and we'll get them when we get back on Monday. And we tell them that, too. We let them know. I let the realtors and the clients know from the start. I'm like, it's in my representation agreement. It's, you know, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, weekend appointments or calls or by appointment or whatever. Most of the time, I just tell these people to text me first. It's like, what we're doing right now. If somebody's calling me, I have no idea. Yeah. I'm in this moment, you know, like, I trust that everything is all right out there in the universe. And if it's not, I'll deal with that calmly when the time comes. But for now, like, I'm not looking at it. So, like, sometimes, like... Like, I'm not going to be at a closing and talking on my fucking cell phone. Hey, guys, sorry about that. I'm going to sit here. I'll either go out of the room and do it, and then you don't see me for a while, and you think I forgot about you in there. Or if I'm in there, then you're listening to me, and you somehow, maybe they feel that you think you're more important than them because you you, you have to stop in there. I don't risk that. I just focus on these people. So nothing that I'm doing is life or death. I'm not a doctor. So if they're calling me like that, some people call me two, three times in a row, and I'm like, if if I didn't answer the first time, it's because I'm on the other line or I'm in the middle of something, dude. Like, I'm not... You're like if you're dying, call call the hospital. I'm not that guy. Right. Like I'll I'll pick. We people got to be more reasonable. Is what I'm saying about their expectations of how quickly you respond and everything. Like no, that. yeah, and I do do that. Like so there's certain times when I'm with certain people, like I'll just grab my phone, I'll put it upside down. Like it takes the stress I, away when you're not looking at the screen blinging the whole time. Yeah, and I'm like I just want to concentrate on you. you know I mean, it's me and you time. Fuck yeah. And then this is air air bomb, air bomb. <laughs> fucking. I wish fucking Ray was in here. Next time we'll have him come in. Bro, so days. speaking of Ray, so um. Shout out to everyone. I was I was really earlier and I told him like, bro, let's go. I'm like, uh, I'm gonna you could have. Oh, he could have came. If yeah. You told me he wanted to come tonight, but dude, I put the third mic up. I'd test out my new four mic setup. Yeah, we'll do it. And I'll, fucking, I'm, I'm I'm telling I'm telling you he's he's down. He'll be down, cause he um, 
I told him last minute, I'm like, Abram, like, I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go uh, with Brian. I'm like, come through. He, I would, he could have totally came. Yeah. He's welcome anytime. And he was, uh, he's like, nah, bro, I don't know. Because he's, he's, he's on the, he's on his, um like, his cleansing period right now. He's not drinking. So he was. Well, yeah. so, I'm not either. I'm, you know. Yeah. But I, I am. So he knows I'm going to offer him something to drink. And well, so with cleansing, what is it? Is it a, just a short term? Or is he going to do it like me for a few months at a time? What no, I think, I think he's, he's taking it one day at a time kind of thing. Oh, just kind of sticking. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'm just not drinking right now, and maybe after a while he'll kind of. Yeah. Okay, it's been a few weeks or something. Yeah. Good for him. Like that. Um, hopefully, that's uh, not a source of additional stress in his life. Sometimes it's just less st- stressful to drink. In my case, I feel better not drinking just because my blood pressure is better and shit. Yeah. Like, I got enough stress here. I don't need that elevating it, and then I'm not sleeping right because of it. And right. So everybody has their poison, though. Mine's Mary Jane. It is what it is. It's legal now. Stop judging people, you fucking judgmental motherfuckers. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, so many people I know do. That's the funny thing. I'll start talking about it, and they're like, you, they're like, you smoke? And I'm like, you smoke? Like, I didn't think you would, and they didn't think I would. Oh, there's a bunch of well, people whatever. That smoke. It's normal, dude. Honestly, it's... Well, it's more normal for our generation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my grandfather still tell me, he's like, oh, it's fucking... There was a stigma. It was like kind of like... I knew people that didn't do it just because for the sheer fact that it was illegal. Like, my buddy told me he was a Marine before it was legalized here. He goes, he's like, dude, I if it was legal, I would do it. But, I'm, you know, just as a matter of principle as a, you know, Marine, like, they got the, that honor. Like, it's illegal, I won't do it. Yeah. I'm like, damn, man, you all live in that fucking honor code there, son. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. But, yeah, no, I, get, I guess, you know, people. But it's legal now, so. But it's normal, dude. Like, honestly, since I can remember, I've. That's something that's been normal. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I I grew up doing it in high school, and some of my friends were like in eighth grade, seventh eighth grade, fucking smoking weed. And I was like, that was a little too early for me. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll put my feet in the water and fucking try it a little bit, but let me wait till uh, high school. So freshman year it was for me. The I got wh- high as fucking giraffe ball, son, before uh, yeah. before a fucking morning class. I almost <laughs> fucked up a light fixture. Uh-huh. I was high as shit when I went in there, and uh, the first period teacher in English, she goes. Mr. Tierney. And I was like, oh, yes, ma'am. And I'm all high as fuck, but I'm going to try to be nice. And I'm not. This is my first time dealing with this situation. It was fairly intense. She goes, should we need one more desk up in the front? She's like, could you lift one of those and just bring it up here for us? I said, no problem. I'm strong as a fucking ox. That's why I'm on the wrestling team this year. I'd be glad to do it. And I fucking take the fucking desk. I flip it over my head. She's like, watch out for the bulbs. Because it was like fluorescent lighting. Oh, shit. And it was like kind of hung down. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, ones. it's like mine are like fucking LED, yeah. Um, you know, fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Recess lighting. Like that's tucked up in the ceiling. These yeah. were hanging yeah, from the, the old ceiling. Hanging ones. And they had like a little bit of metal guard over there. There's some little blades or some shit went in. They had them painted nicely, you know. Like they're old, but it was they a looked all right. It was a Catholic school? St. Joseph's from oh, Westchester why. Dog. Yeah, that's why. Man, to my fellow charges, friggin' I don't know if you guys remember the the motto of the school, but it was Latin. It was Vitset Key Laborat, which means he who labors conquers. And I fucking took that shit to heart when I went to St. Joe's. I mean, I, I live that shit. Yeah. The reason where I'm at right now. To, to fucking it was the hard work that my ethic and my dad instilled in me and that model kind of always rang with me and I was like we were you know chargers man we all had that as like our brotherhood and fucking he who labors conquers was our fucking motto and I was like I've gotten to, to, to where I'm at by just fucking hard work man yeah, yeah. and everything I do this type of shit fucking um, networking or being you know sponsoring things and being there for people and getting yeah. to know new people and experience a new life and um, and to, to have this to you know, to have as many client referrals as as I have, you know, that's one of the blessings that 
that I'm talking about. More more so because of the people that I've met, the relationships I have now. Like we're brothers from another mother, man. It'll be yeah, like yeah. that. So we're in a breath left in my body. But you know, um, I, I put it all. I put my all into it, and that's that's where you. That's how we both got here, right? Like, yeah. Fucking, I work my ass off. I I have my own office now for five years. I have a grown staff. I'm very well known, and I hope liked, and and I think I am. And you know, yeah. I, I look forward to keep on doing that and just building these relationships and just going through times good and bad and having people there to do it with me. That's one of the biggest blessings in my life. Right. No, yeah, I think, um, and I think was your, your dad was a hard worker and everything else. He was hard as nails, man. Yeah. yeah, and my dad was the same way. So I feel like, I feel like I don't, I don't, I know I work hard, but I sometimes I feel like I don't work hard enough. I mean, I think it's just that because I, I would see, see how hard he would work or whatever. Yeah. So like that, that was like, the, and I would see him, my grandfather, and all them. You know, like they were, dude, they were like your dad. You know I mean they, they were, they were, they were here from another country. They all they knew was how to work. You know I mean, like, yeah. that, like yeah, that's yeah. that's they didn't know how to they don't they didn't know how not to work. You know my mean? dad used to work while he was on vacation on the house. He'd be fixing it up, and I was like, yeah. I thought you were gonna come here and like sit down and breathe and maybe go fishing or go come golfing with me or some fucking. Yeah, and all like that's 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 just them. Like that's how that they came from that. They came from that old school hard, you yeah. Know, just a different gener, just a different, you know, breed of people. You know? Well, but, in, but to our credit, to this generation's credit, there are different kinds of hard work. Like, yeah. Quite honestly, before I got better at managing my stress and, like I said, yoga and meditation type shit, which I'm going to be getting into more, um, and self care, you know, go shower, get your exercise in. Exercise is huge. Like that's one of the biggest self care things you can do, and you do it on your own, and you have to be self motivated and keep yourself motivated feels so good like i'm gonna exercise tonight before i go to bed or whatever um and i'm gonna try to do it in the mornings i prefer to do it in the mornings but um yeah taking care of yourself and fucking you know i don't know where where were we going with that i have no idea but I, well i was trying to say that you know like i think that's that's what helps us out and i think that's what mo- motivates us and probably makes us work harder than 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 other people just because we just that's we, that's what we know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's mental exhaustion. That's where I was going with that. It's like, I think some days I'd rather be physically exhausted than mentally exhausted. Like I used to work in physical jobs, and it was like at least I felt like healthier. Like I got up and I moved around, my body felt stronger. Now I feel like my body's going to waste, but I'm mentally exhausted by the time I get home. Like I used to be able to stay up late and work longer, and like at some point I just feel like fried, and I'm like I don't want to even look at it anymore. I just need to relax and get some sleep. That's true. Like yeah, like. There, that, that's because I've been doing this for years straight now. It's that, been a grind. Yeah, that's that is the big thing where you're you're you just you have to know when your when your brain is fried for the just fuck it, just leave the work there. It's, it's gonna not be productive. There. It's gonna yeah, be there when you get there in the morning, yeah. and it's not productive. Exactly, you're not doing it. You're doing it begrudgingly. You're tired. You just and you feel you, like shit. And and you're trying to you like make, get it through, and you're just like, ugh. That's I how you make mistakes. Sleep and try to get up early or some shit. Yeah, that's what I try to do. It's hard for me to get up early with the sleep apnea, but I try. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I get up at like six and get a good start to my day. Yeah, I hate having to work that early, but ugh. And the worst part is, dude, sometimes it causes me to run late. I'll start working on something, and I notice like 50 other things. Oh, shit. They've been waiting on a response from the email since yesterday. They're going to freak out, and then i got to send it that morning. Next thing you know, I don't fucking show up till 930 or some shit. Or you 10. know what? That's funny that like, you say that. Yeah, like when I get up early, I feel like I get less done because I, I feel like I have more time, and I just don't, I don't. Well, maybe that's me. Well, the thing I hate about the mornings is even when you do have a lot of time, you realize it's taking it's going to take you longer than the time you had anyway. So you're like, shit, this is going to drag. You know what I mean? Like I said, it either doesn't get done then or you're late to the next thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. It's crazy. But one of the to, to come kind of full circle for me, 
and one of the things I'm doing in the new year is I'm taking one day off per week. It, a lot of times it's going to be the same day, but it might not always be, or I might add in a couple of additional half days or even full days where I'm off just to keep an eye on the operation and just to get my work done. Because if I don't do that in my schedule, people are going to be wondering, well, where's the response to this or where's the response to that? Because there's attorney relayers. I either have to send them or I have to fucking respond to them when I'm on the seller side, I get one from the buyer or whatever. Yeah. I really, there's, I, I don't really do my own attorney relayer that much on the seller side. It's really more of a buyer thing, but it takes time to respond to those. And if you don't make that time, it's like, I'm not going to work a full day or whatever, and then go home and still be working on it. So I have to build in the time to do it during the workday. Mm-hmm. Either get somebody to cover for me or just do the closings for my office. Maybe do like one full day a week for sure it has to be because this two-day weekend, it goes by. And like I said earlier, you know, I might have said I'll do something and it doesn't get done or I just outright tell them it's going to be till next week. But then Monday comes, if I'm booked for closings all day, then it gets kicked in the next day. Yeah. You know, try to do yoga class on a Monday night. They're kind of off with COVID now or whatever, but um, – because there's a little scare or whatever, and you know, and just relax and whatever. So I, I, if I build the time into my day where I'm either getting coverage or trying to do it or doing half day from the office with the closings, I'll be getting more done, man. I just need there's you got to make more time when it runs out when you're you have your hands fully full between personal life and business life. You got to build that time into the, into the workday, and so I'm doing that. And I've gotten more organized. I got to put a new system in place. I automated some shit that puts everything at my fingertips. And it'll allow me actually to then, you know, call the clients or whatever earlier on in the process. So I'm just trying to take it to the next level. It's still going to require hard work, but um, I'd like to handle it with the grace of a motherfucking ballerina on tippy toes and shit. Fucking Hit you with that Michael Jackson thriller shit. Like I'm fucking handling it. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This, uh, yeah, man. That's what I'm trying to get to, you know. It's because, yeah, I think the biggest part that, that's time-consuming in, the, in, in, this in, 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 in this industry is just the service. Dude, like. I have clients where like all day I'm 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 moving smooth and then I have like that one thing just where it drags you down for like an hour or something. Yeah, where it's service and I'm fucking I have to call somebody or I have to call a company. Then you got to call another call after that. Yeah. Like you, now you got to call these people. Yeah, and then I'm fucking on hold for 15 minutes and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like that's 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 what fucks me up sometimes. Where all it day, happens to me all I'm, the time. Yeah, I'm on a roll and then I and then I have I have to do some service call or I have to do something and I'm like, man, fuck, like it's gonna take me forever. And it does, and then it throws your day off, and then. I like to joke around and say that I have five to ten distractions while I'm waiting for my next distraction. That's true. And I don't want to, like, steal any lines or whatever. So uh, I think it was a line on Jay Leno back in the day. He was doing stand-up, and he was talking about guys and how they think about sex, and he's like, he's like, me? He's like, he's like, I have, like, five to ten sexual thoughts while I'm waiting for my next sexual thought <laughs> or something like that. So I use the kind of same yeah, uh, yeah. thing or whatever. So I can't remember... I don't even know uh, mix up who it was. Jay Leno, Conan, O'Brien, or one of those fuckers. But it I think sounds it like Jay Conan Leno. O'Brien, probably. Or maybe it'd be it Jay was Leno. either Conan or Leno. I don't think it was Letterman. Yeah. Letterman had some incredible lines. And the thing I like about Letterman is he had balls, you know? Like, if somebody ever got on a line, he'd put them in, in their face. Like, he was that old school type. It was like, the, you know, Johnny Carson era where he's like hanging out with the Rat Pack and shit. Like, where men, like, you don't fucking get wrong with me. I tell you where that line in the sand is. Don't fucking cross it. Like, you know, I mean, Letterman was one of those guys. Like, he had Blagojevich on the show one time. It, I was so proud of that motherfucker. Letterman lit up Blagojevich. He's really? Like, why are, he's like, why are you even here? He's like, well, why are they booking these types of people on my fucking show, basically? And Because, you know, right? He, he, yeah. he might find out in advance or whatever, but they booked those guests. I mean, he's doing shows fucking five nights a week when he was doing them. Every yeah. night of the week, you have to have another guest on. So yeah. he doesn't sometimes find out about it right away. 
they started verbally sparring, and, and fucking Bogoyevich was trying to proclaim his fucking motorcycle or something. Dude, drive that shit down the street, dog. We're in the middle of some shit. Who's repping who's in front of you? I don't know if it was a motorcycle so or a calling, fucking like, so race car. Or calling you out, bro. I don't know about that. I don't think I don't think they were. I think it's just some half-dumb motherfucker driving down the street, but they need to move it along. The bar's closed, dog, across the street. There's the nobody there. Duffies, or what is it called? Yes, I don't even want to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be nice. We're local, you know what shout I mean? Out, shout out. Shout out to <laughs> Duffies. <laughs> COVID got you down. Uh, you oh. can't pass the mandates, I guess, with the vaccine cards. I don't know. I don't know why they're being shut for the past couple of days. I've been going to the bar... Uh, Marianas, Marianas. I love Marianas. Yeah, yeah there's a, the bartender George over there is cool. There's another one named Max. She's the bomb. She's in like kickboxing. We talk MMA and shit. Really? I don't know if she's been over there lately, but George is a dude with like the fucking. He's got like the wolf, like you know, Indian Native American fucking mask on, and then another day it's a Mexican one. And it's like oh, racially know. ambiguous. Like George, are you Native American? Are you Mexican? Oh, what know. are you, dog? They, they have that. Um that guy that looks like he, the the security guard with the with the, the ponytail, the gray ponytail. No, yeah, with the, the fucking with the jean vest. It looks like he's straight out of fucking uh, Shameless. Well, he might be watching. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. like it, he's it, a cool guy. If I'm advertising it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we saying? Are we saying nice things? Just yeah. wanna before because I'm like I'm gonna like probably market this shit in this area, and yeah. that motherfucker could possibly see it in an yeah. ad that shows up. He uh, why I go in there all the time now? I love that because we, we close at two and they close at four and at five Still? on Saturdays. Yeah, dude. For a while during COVID, they had it down to like one a.m. Oh so, really? Yeah, dude. For a little bit, and they didn't have a DJ there either. So now oh. that I know they're open later, like that's where I like to go hang out. But you, yeah. dude, please do me a favor. The night we go there, I'll pay Tiny and whoever else and George to come to come to keep that place safe. If they normally don't have security, that's not a place I want to be there at four or five. Do they have somebody patting people down? So yeah. There? So when I went in there, yeah, it was, it's funny you say that. So on Thursday night we went in and they had that they had that they had that, that guy with the jean vest, and he was he, no, nah, he didn't pat nobody down. But it was it was a chill night in there, and then I was sitting at the bar, and it was last car or whatever. And then I have one of my buddies, and he he walked he he was on a date or something, and he walks in. He's CPD, and he looked nervous as fuck walking in. And I'm then, like, dude, you should be more calm. Like, I think I'm more calm now that you're here. Like, you calm the fuck down because yeah. we have to light somebody up. Like, and you have a gun on you. I don't or whatever. Like, he's walking in, and then he's like, and he sees me, and like you could tell. And then like at first he's like looking around. I see him. I'm like, hey, and he like looks at me, and he's like, oh, and like he just had like a big old say. He's like, bro, he goes. This girl wanted to come to this bar. He goes, I was, I was like, I don't. I, he goes, I was nervous. I saw you sitting at the bar. He goes, now I know I'm good. You, you know? didn't know he was gonna be there. Like you no, were meeting was, up with him. It was at the end of the night. Yeah, no, I was with the staff from the bar. They were uh, with the bartenders. They were like, hey, let's go have a drink there. I'm like, I'm down. And then we ended up there I'm yesterday gonna, uh, on, on Saturday. Stop. All right, we're back with you. Um, we were talking about being over at Mariana's Bar over there by 63rd and Central. Nice little neighborhood place. Good people. Yeah, so uh, you had the dude checking the IDs who looked like the fucking which guy <laughs> from Shameless. Shameless. He just looked like a character out of Shameless. Okay, yeah. probably good dude. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, when we go in there, we'll go. We should go right now afterwards. I will see. I told my wife I'd be home for dinner. She cooked. Yeah. I, I think I gotta be responsible. She gave me this me time. I, I gotta get back over there. And with every ticking minute, I don't want her to grow more angry. So. I don't know. Okay, she, we'll, she's we'll, not gonna be like that. I hope. But okay, I want to get you in The trouble. later it gets, the worse it is. But we'll, we'll definitely stop by there soon for sure. Yeah, and then uh, when on Saturday, no, bro, they do. They, they have security on Saturdays. They have they have a lot of security guards. They have like four or five guys. You the need only, it, yeah. Yeah, the only thing is, you can't tell who's secure and who's not in there. I think that night that I was there on that Thursday, they, they had, do that on purpose, probably. But I'd like to know who who I'm looking to if some shit pops off. Hey, hey, over here. Yeah, that's why. Get like to this guy. That's why, like at the bar, dude. I I have the the guys have the security shirts, and then George and Tiny, you can't miss their security. I mean, they have their earpiece on, and they're just fucking big dudes. 
they're very big. And so by the time you know you see them coming, you know it's you could tell there's security. But yeah, they have security here. I felt safe in there. I mean, I didn't feel I felt like I was in danger. Um, Some nights are better than others. Like yeah. For the most part, I think it's kind of changed. Like, back in the day, you'd have to worry about, like, getting into a fight with somebody or fucking, you know, get into it with a banger or something. Mm-hmm. And you still do sometimes, I think, but not that bad. It's not that bad. I just like going there. It's good. It's open, late. So, so, do they have a DJ in there when you were in there or no? They had touch tunes, but... I'm, I'm, I like that sometimes, too. I'm pretty good at the touch tunes, so I fucking... I blast that shit. I'll throw on some fucking... Do a leap off fucking with Elton John or some fucking weekend. Anything with the weekend, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shit, I'll throw on a few different things, something with good people dancing. The only problem is I feel like I'm at work all night. When you got to man that fucking thing and keep the hits coming, throwing a little T-Pain in there, some shit, some fucking twist on, some fucking at, Kanye, I was at whatever. A, I was at a bar once and I was drinking, and it was me and um, Alex, Drake. Alex, Alex Partida. Partida's my guy. And we were, we were drinking, Alex. and we were, we were on the, I was on the touch tunes, and there was some guy sitting there, and he's like, who's putting this music on? And then I was like, oh shit, like he's going to have a problem with them. Like, it's me. He's like, oh, man. He goes, are you a DJ? I'm like, no. He goes, man. He goes, you're putting on some good songs. He goes, some I haven't heard them all. So, like, after that, like, I felt like I had a responsibility. Confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> response- You got to be the guy delivering the hits. Yeah. So I kind of like that, too. So, yeah. by the end of the night, I had a lot of pressure on me. I was like, man, like, I got to play something that this guy's going to like. Cause, Hit him with a good last song yeah, or whatever. He just, told me, he just told me he was he was, he was was jamming out all night. But, yeah, I like, I like touch tunes. What I like about touch tunes now is before, you know how you would buy the credit and it would only be for that one place? I don't know if you remember that. And now, when you buy the credit, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can Yeah, you should be able to use it anywhere. I don't know why we make that distinction. I got to buy fucking credit for Summit, and Summit here is like, I'm paying them all anyway. Like, who? Do, what, why yeah. are you going to make this harder for me when I'm at a bar, when I'm trying to have a good time? That's how it used to be. So I remember, like, sometimes I would go to bars, and I would be like, oh, shit, like, I remember I have credit here at this for this jukebox, and that's how I would do it. But, yeah, they fixed that problem now, so it's way better than before. But, yeah. But, Ryan, I like I like. I like it. it might be my new spot after after it close. Yeah, I, they're good people there, and um, I, I got to get back in there. It's been a little while since I went, but the people that I normally went with haven't been there in a while. Usually, they would tell me when they're going because we would meet up just on a quick weeknight. We'd get like go there on like a Wednesday or Thursday, just have like oh, a really? little, you know, I, when I'm not drinking, I'll just have like a non-alcoholic beer or some shit, and we'll just chat. So we haven't done that in a while, so I think I got to get back over there for that. But the weekends too, it's a nice place to dance. Sometimes when they do have a DJ, like you can go in there and get down, man. It's cool. Yeah, and they get they serve really good food on holidays. I was in there for fucking St. Patrick's Day. Lady owns it is Polish, I think, and yeah, she some, had all sorts of good corned beef. That shit was delicious, dude. And I'm Irish as fuck. That's what they were telling me that that uh that the the, the owner brings in food for everybody. Dude, it was good. Yeah, some of the best corned beef I had around here. Oh, it was wow. like juicy and had a bit of fat on there, but it tasted good. Oh wow. I I murdered a couple plates. I was not real big, but just I, I went back for a second, so I was like. Shit's worth having seconds, dude. You gotta save room for some seconds. Yeah, I hadn't been there in forever. We used to go to Mr. C's down the street. On yeah, I've season. never been there. It's down here, right? It's a cool little bar. I think you'd like it. I I would go in there with a couple of friends. We'll have to check it out one day. Yeah, for sure. And um, and then after after we leave there, we would we would end up there. We would end up here. But it was a long time since I've been here. But yeah, it's still the same place. So still a cool little bar. There was another place, and this is to weave this right into the fucking story. Um. Where I met Tiny, your security guard over there at um, at studio, and I was really happy to see him when I went over. I'm like, oh no shit, dude, for real. I feel like I'm like back at my old spot, yeah. Touch of Class, down on 63rd Street. So Touch of Class, there's a Micho Kana now, but before that, oh, you're it right. Was, it was a 4 a.m. bar, and Tiny was the bartender or the fucking bouncer there. Oh no shit. And he was to me, he doesn't look like he changed a bit. I mean, maybe his weight went up or down over the years. I'm not really sure, but 
I, when I saw him, I'm like, holy shit, like, dude, I'm glad you're around. I'm glad you're doing security. I'm glad you're active. It's good to see you because he's one of those people, like, you didn't see him after that. You don't know if you'll ever see that motherfucker again in your life. Yeah. So I met him over there. He was just giant dude, and he was so big that he was big enough to fill the doorway there. Like, if you wanted to get in there, Tiny would have to move to the side. You're not moving him. Like, he's taking up the entire doorway. You're not going to knock this guy over. You need a much, a lot more distance to try to run at this guy and knock him over. And he was just always a real cool guy. And when I saw him, I'm like, dude, good to see you, man, you know? Yeah, he, um, so him and George worked for Studio 63 when I, when I purchased it. George. So just continue that. Yeah, George, George has been working for them for, like, years. Like, even at the old studio, he was there. And George is a big guy. Like, he's the one that, like, he literally. He's very big. When he stands on the door, like, he fills up the whole, the whole doorway. 6'4", six, 6'5", six, just like yeah, all just, 300 pounds probably. Yeah, muscle, more, dude. Maybe. Like just big fucking. Maybe more. Yeah. 325, 340, just, just fucking <clears throat> muscle, man. Yeah, dude, I remember. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I wouldn't want to see that guy angry, bro. I, I've seen him twice. I've seen worse him than Tony Soprano if that guy him, gets angry, bro. I've seen, seen him once angry, and I was just like, George, like, I was like, and I told the guy, like, bro, leave, because no one here is going to be able to stop him if he fucking... That guy would murder somebody with his bare hands. Yeah. Smash their head. Fucking just throw him through a wall, literally, or through a window. Just crush him. Crush him, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they got, you got his hands on your neck, a man that big with his hands. Like, yeah. I think he could crush your windpipe or your uh, for sure. throat, dude. The, uh, I remember one time, there was this guy, he was, he was, yeah, he was just done with already. So we kick him out. We, well, we escort him out. And then he's, out, he's outside, and he's outside, and, you know, he's, he's telling George all this stuff, and, like, and we're just like, bro, just go, just walk away, walk away. And he tries to hit George. What? And bad when he, idea. When he, yeah, bad idea, dude. He tries to hit George. So George, like, sees it coming. And then George just does, this, like, one of these cartoon things where he just, boop, like this. And the guy fucking, <laughs> like, just fucking, like, flies back. What? Yeah. It's just off a jab? Just bam. Bro, the guy flies back. He falls, like, on the floor. And then we all run up to him, like, bro, stay on the floor. Shut up. Like, just get out of here. Like, don't and he gets up and then, then, and then <laughs> if, if a man could do that to me I've learned my lesson the first time you know so, I'm not even gonna ask for anymore <laughs> so then he goes the guy go the guy the guy leaves right the, the, I mean I go back inside and inside we have a monitor you know we could see everything that's going on outside and dude it looks like we're having the UFC fight at the bar because all the guys are, yeah. all the, and yeah. now <laughs> for they're, tonight's main event of the evening they're all, they're all watching the, they're all watching the they're like oh did you see that the moment that Studio C- 63 fans around the world have all been waiting for and then I see like I see like the cops coming or whatever and then we're like, all right, cool. So I, I, I think I might have been there that night. I remember some dude like laying on the ground, and fucking like four squads were lined up out front. I think my, that might have walked. I was walking you know away. That, I was just trying to mind my own business because I don't think he had gotten hit yet. So I was leaving, and I look back, and like the dudes on the floor, and the freaking cops are like, "What happened, man? Like, yeah. what did you do to this guy?" So and then so then I'm walking out, and uh, I'm walking out again, <laughs> and I hear everybody go. Oh, when he, I turn when he around, smashed his ass. dude, and I look at I look at the camera, and you see the guy like literally in the air. <laughs> when he uh, came back for seconds, yeah, he got a two piece and a side. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! And I was just like, "What the fuck?" I go I back outside, been there to see and it. the guy was on the ground. And that's when the cops were on him already. And they're like, "What happened?" He goes, "Dude, <laughs> he goes this man." I wish, what I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't think about it back then. I should record. Uh, looked at the camera recordings. But, and um, save them for a place we could watch them when I come over, <laughs> man, and enjoy those things. So I guess the guy tried to kick George, tried to do like a jump kick, or tried to do like something. Like fucking Johnny Cage, Mortal Kombat yeah, kick like, this, Try to kick George. Drop kick him. 
So George basically just saw the kick coming <laughs> and just flung him up in the air. So oh like my God. he caught the guy's leg. You could kill like, him that way. <laughs> and just fucking like tossed him in the air, dude. And the guy fucking. Oh, did. Jesus. And that was it. Like, and it was over with. And the cops got there and everything else. But yeah, You're, but they're good guys, though, dude. Like, like they're honestly, they have way more patience than I do. Like, there's been times I'm where. I'm glad they do because they have the power to really enforce it if they want to. So, like, me, I'm glad you do. You know, I mean, like, I'm glad those guys are patient because I'm like you, too. I got a bit of a shorter fuse. Like, I'm not going to wait around for something to happen. I'm going to take I'm going to take an action. You know? Yeah. So, like, there's been times where I, we, we've been kick, kicking people out or whatever. And, you know, like, it, it it escalates really fast when once you know once once we're kicking him out or whatever, and yeah, like George and him are just super calm. They're just like, hey, come on, you just gotta go, and they just fucking toss him out. You know, like you know how Uncle <laughs> Phil used to toss out fucking <laughs> oh, what's his name? Jesse Jeff, fucking uh, oh yeah, 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 the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like that. West Philadelphia, born and raised. Jesse Jeff gets thrown out of the Bell Air Mansion these days, <laughs> yeah. right out the front. Yeah, because fucking. Will Smith's dad on the show was fucking well, he was a big, big dude. ass dude, dude. He yeah. looked like Suge Knight, only like fucking, yeah. like a fucking dad, you know, a house dad or some shit. Yeah, he was so a rich ass motherfucker. I don't know if he was a doctor. I can't remember. He was a judge. Oh, a judge? Who's a judge and a lawyer. For real? Yeah. Oh, I have to go back and watch that shit. Yeah. yeah. He, um, that was a dope ass show. It was. But yeah, so, but yeah, that's, and then um, Tiny, Tiny worked there part time. He used to work at another bar. And then he would come in like fire station. I heard he was working at. He, he worked. I haven't at, like, been over there in forever. But. Yeah, he worked at like several different bars. So that was the other thing. When I took over, they only had George at the door, and then it was you know Nick the owner. And that's why I took over. I was like, dude, like we don't have enough security here. Like this is you know we need someone else. So then I told Tiny, I'm like, bro, I'm like, why don't you just come work for me full time? I'm like, I don't see why you're gonna work at some at some other bar and then come in at a certain hour. I'm like, I'm like, I'll give you the whole night. I'm like, come in. He's like, all right, cool. So he started being there. So I have them. I have them on the weekends, usually every you know full time, especially on Fridays and Saturdays. And then when we started frisking people, I added another. I added another security guard um, to frisk. And then after that, in the back, I, I I added one more guy in the back in the by the by the dance floor, because for some weird reason, dude, you have guys that always want to try to fucking go into the girls' washroom, like. They're just stupid dude, shit. Dude, that's bro. so dumb. It's like, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. If I ever went into a woman's washroom, it was by accident. So I'm, I'm like, you got to be a real creep to go into a woman's washroom yeah. at a fucking club because there's a lot of people around. They're going to see it. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Are, or you retar- are you stupid? Or like, they're arguing with their girl and they try to follow her. And they're like, it's, it is what it is. But yeah. so now I have, I like, all the, all the, all the points where I knew I was, I was having problems, like, that's where I have a security guard now. But yeah, but th- them too, that's, that, that's, that's, they, they're staples of the place. And you know I mean, like, I, 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 when I got it, they were already there, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any other way, dude. I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Glad I to hear that. I know I'm safe when I go in there now, for sure. If you got that much security. And I have another guy, bro. This guy is really cool. He um he used to be security on and off for them also, but he's a security. So his his um he his his baby mama lives here in in Illinois, but he lives in in New Orleans. Yeah. And he works security at Bourbon Street, on Bourbon Street. Like in, in New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, in New Orleans. So, like, he's legit, legit. So, like, once in a while, he, when he comes into town, he's like, bro, he's like, I honestly, he goes, at night, he goes, I, I don't want to just be at home. He goes, you know, if, if I'm in town, can I come work? I'm like, bro, I'm like, you're welcome to come and work any day of the week you're here. I'm like, just let me know when you're here. I'm like, and I'll just, I, I won't, I'll tell one of the, because the, I use a company for yeah. the other guys. I'm like, I'll just tell the company not to send me, not to send me someone. 
I'm like, and, and yeah, bro, like the nights that he's there, like when I got those three guys there, bro, I know it. You know what I mean? Ain't You're covered. Yeah. yeah, I'm for sure covered. Yeah, no, I like that that feeling of safety because, um, you know, I, I really do like your bar, and um, it's it's like I said, I wish it was there, or I I wish I was at the old one, but with the new one, like I wish I had started going there earlier because like it, it's a very nice bar inside. I'm guessing did the bartenders transfer over too, or from the prior owner? So one of the yeah, so all the stuff that I have now are, are still from the prior owner. I have one new bartender that that I, that one of the bartenders there knew, and I brought her in. What about the cold room? She's part time. Uh, the coat room is one of the old bartenders that used yeah. to be there, and then I have I have a new girl. I have I have three new girls that work the um, the coat room. Yeah. And like they all switch. I switch different them out. Yeah, I, d- I d- switch them off on different days. Um, I had one that didn't w- really work out, um, but she she was good at what she did, but she just wasn't. She was used to a to a different atmosphere, and she wasn't. She didn't fit in with everybody there, or she just didn't fit in. She just didn't know how to take orders, I guess. And, she was different, so we had to get rid of her. Well, I, I like it that um, that you own it because, you know, not only is it over here, I've been looking for a place like that. It's, you're an asset to the community, in my opinion. Um, it's nice to go to a place where you feel like everybody knows your name, like it's Cheers, right? Like, Yeah. The thing is, like, if I go in there and you let me pass cover, like, I would pay the cover because I want to support your business. But right. if you it. if you friggin' let me pass cover, I'm just going to pay it forward to your staff. Like, I'm going to give a bigger tip. I'll, I'll give the friggin' Coke girl 10 bucks. I'll friggin' you know, the waitress, I'll friggin', you know, right. whatever, or maybe even a 20 sometimes, depending on the situation. But right, right. I just pay it forward, man. With everything I get, like, the one girl, um, she gave me, at Dunkin' Donuts the other day, she gave me something, like, she gave me a discount or something. She gave me some kind of coupon. So I fucking, I paid it forward. I'm like, I want to see how quickly the universe is going to reward you for this. I'm going to put it right into the tip jar. And that's, I, I felt like in a great mood last year. I sponsored a lot of stuff, and I did a lot of good things, and I helped out a lot of people, and... It felt good to be charitable like that, so I hope to carry that forward in the New Year's. But like I said, the IRS did get me pretty good, man. They took a fucking heavy chunk of change out uh, of my pocket. So yeah, it's, I got to rebuild, man. I got to get back in there. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, bro. Dun, dun, dun. I I I, 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 I got to get Rocky mode. I got to rebuild for the New Year. It's like starting a business over again after all the money they take from me. Jesus Christ. That's how I was last. You know, I, you know what, bro? Like, hate to holidays, complain, y'all. I was, We're all going through it. Yeah, I was. I was so like. I was so not burnt out, but I was just, you know, tired. And then, like, yesterday, I just gave myself, like, a little pep talk. I'm like, dude, like, we got to get back into it. Like, I got to fucking, I got to keep going. Start strong for the New Year. Yeah, start strong for the New Year. I mean, so I did a lot of shit last night. And, like, I know this week's going to be busy because last week's people were still on vacation mode. But this week, everybody's coming back. So everybody's going to want to fucking, you know, go back to normal. Shit, now I got to get mentally psyched up, dog. You know what I mean? I got to get ready for this week ahead. Yeah, you'll be there, bro. You're good. I'll be all right. I don't know if I, I want to exercise. I want to get on the treadmill, but I'm also hungry. And my friggin' wife has made some delicious dinner. I'm sure whatever it is, it's gonna be yeah. bomb. But I think I do owe it to myself to get on the treadmill for a little bit. So once we wrap this up, I'm, I got to get that cardio up and just sweat a little bit, feel good, clean up, go home, spend right. the rest of the evening with my my wife, and get ready for the fucking week ahead, dog. You know. No, for sure, bro. Well, I appreciate it, man. I had a good time, and I do want to bring back. You inspired me, bro. I gotta get I gotta get back on the podcast. You bro. should, man. The question is what you're gonna call it this time. Is it gonna be studio sessions now or is it still gonna be owl sessions? How do you wanna do it? I'm gonna do one night owl sessions at studios. Okay. That's it. At Studio Sixty or whatever. But yeah. Sounds good to me. You should, man. Like you're a very interesting guy. You're very intelligent. You have a lot of business knowledge you've acquired to share and you know a lot of good people like I do, so um, you know, do it. Like I told you earlier, 
I'm having I'm gonna have a regular co-host regardless of whether a guest is on. I want that consistency. Yeah. I feel like that's why I wasn't getting it last year because as I say, it's very hard to book guests. It takes time and everybody's schedule's gotta match up and we're all busy people. So I don't want something to fall through. I wanna be pretty consistently doing one like every week. You know? Yeah, and you know what, like when we pre COVID dude, like I, I was getting on a roll, like where I had it already like I was I was I knew how to book everybody and everything else and all that other stuff. Then dude, once COVID hit like it just killed everything, dude. It killed the momentum that I had going into it. And it sucks because actually COVID is probably the best time to be doing your podcast because we did one. It's in the archives or whatever. But And you know what, bro? Like, I We like, did it because people need to listen to it. They need this connection during this time, man. This, yeah. like, to listen to people, to be part of the conversation, to feel like we, they got another friend, that they're cool with us, that we have something in common. Yeah. And I, I, I might still have that one saved, the one that we did. But honestly, like I felt like it wasn't. I think we were still rusty at that time. When we did that it. was my first one in a while, dude, where I did anything like that. Yeah. But well, I enjoyed it, though. I, it was raw. Yeah, well, it was. I held nothing. I mean, today I kind of let loose, but I was walking a thin line there. at some Yeah, we, we had drank a lot of Guinness that day. Yeah, today I'm, this is friggin' water with uh, liquid IV in there. That's my favorite shit. It keeps you super hydrated. Yeah, you yeah. You get it at Sam's Club. You can get it on Amazon or wherever the hell you buy your stuff. It's probably there. And yeah. I love it. It keeps you healthy and hydrated. Um, that's all I've been drinking this time. So I'm glad I'm sober, dog. I feel much better. But we have to do one. The first, the first one I do, it'll be me and you again. And um, I love it. We'll do it. I can't wait to do it in studio too, in the headquarters. Yeah. Our, our headquarters. For sure, but we're gonna do it there. Um, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get back on it. Um, I think I, I feel like I had any new laptop for it though, because the laptop that I have isn't just it just the, it wasn't working. It was too slow. I had to erase everything that I had on there just to refurbish it. Yeah, I mean. I'll, you know, give you a place around here where you could grab a laptop for a decent price if you need one. But, I mean, this is not, like, top of the line. This, the, what I have here is just a Dell um, Windows operating system. Fucking. Is that what you use just for that, for podcasts? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I, so this guy that I was getting him off of, he had, like, deals with these businesses when they were downsizing or getting new models that they would send them to him. And he'd, um, pay, he'd get them on a discount rate and just refurbish them and sell them. Yeah, yeah. So I got a couple that are like that. This one's this one's not the most modern one, but it does a job. This is all I need. So if you're yeah. looking for, like, another place, just go to Aero for, Air 404 Computers on Archer Avenue, like, getting close to Harlem. It's by, like, Archer and Sayer, between Archer and Sayer and Archer and uh, Newland or whatever. Okay. They'll have, they'll have them out there on the counter for, like, a decent laptop, you know, 200 250 bucks, 300 oh, 350 for just something like that that can, like, if you want to just have a new one just kind of dedicated to the podcast because if you're doing a video like we're doing, that takes up a lot of gigabytes yeah, of storage. Yeah, that's, so you, like that's what me, it was. I do have to constantly shift my information off of here. Once I've, like, uploaded it and shit, I shift it over to an external hard drive because I want to keep the space free on here. So you need probably something with bigger space and whatever. Yeah, because I, I have, like, a like a three-terabyte thing that I, like, I store everything on. Yeah. And that's where I was putting all the podcasts on there. But, yeah, no, for sure. Me too. I have that, like, the external hard drive. That's where I was keeping my shit. Yeah. And I have it, like, some of it's on Google Drive, too, because if somebody needs to download it or, like, you know, edit it for me or something, even though I'm doing most of that myself we, or whatever. Uh, but, bro, um, yeah. Great conversation, man. Very well-rounded. Um, for all those of us who knew it, I hope they enjoyed those little bits of conversation, like hearing about us and our life and our times and shit and all the cool stuff that we've been blessed to be able to do. And um, if you haven't, uh, you know, met us before, hopefully you like our characters and you'll tune in another time and check me out when I'm on, on, on Owl's podcast. And um, there's something that I'm going to say at the end of every episode, and it's a way that I live my life, is that in life, wherever I'm at, I start from a position of respect and kindness. And um, 
that's allowed me to get along with a lot of people in good times and bad. And so I encourage everybody out there to do that too and see where it goes. You know, most of the time people will give that back to you. And uh, so just be nice and be kind to each other. It's, everybody's been through a lot of shit and uh, it's all been in different ways. There's been different kind of bads out there. So um, look out for each other. Like I said, be good to yourself, be good to your family, be good to your community and uh, stay blessed, don't stay stressed. Be sharp and uh, stay warm out there. And uh, check us out next time. Tune in on the next episode. Peace.